Shop podcast back yes again we've done it for another week the 407th in a row quote unquote you know minus a few hiccups here and there and whatnot i'm one of your hosts barry murphy joined as always by my ever dependable goals first of all mr jim towner is he wrecking the shop is that you smashing the place over there no that was, that was uh, no that's poor yeah. i'm oh. sitting comfortably i was gonna ask was it you or your wife She's doing washing up though. So. Oh, uh, not a bad life, is it, Joel? Uh, hey, hey. Worth it in the end. Oh, worth it in the end, isn't it? Uh, all the you know visas and all that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, also with us is Mr. Polly Griffoids. That was what did you drop there, Nani? The lid of a The lid of a moisturizer. Sorry. No sound in the studio when we're on the air. I said. Off to the shed with you now. As we, as we say, eating and pissing during the show all the time and fucking messing around and not paying attention. And, you know, anyway, mm. listen, good show coming up, lads. We've got nine million things to talk about. Aye, all right. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, who lived their life this week? Because, frankly, I don't want to fucking talk about it because we, we just got to get wow. stuff done. Uh, so if anyone has a life to discuss... Get it out of your system now. What's up? What's on your mind? Um, so, well, exciting news. So Friday, um, Michelle met me after work and we had a couple of drinks with some of my colleagues, which was nice. So she got to meet them. Um, then we went off to a restaurant. On the way to the restaurant, uh, walking past a little cafe in London, Soho, uh. only spied Mr. Jude Law of <laughs> Films. What? He was sat there on coffee. And, and little, yeah, little was, uh, Dumbledore off the new. It was only the young, youngle, Yumbledore, Yumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he sat there, and some fella he knew walked in and waved to him, and he went, "Hey!" And I looked around and I go, "Hang on, that's Jude Law." I said, "Michelle, look, Jude Law." She was like, eh. "She wasn't as impressed." She's I met loads of celebrities already, though. Yeah, and also She's, it's not. Also, it's like not ten years ago. It's kind of like that that thing a few weeks ago when I was, I was like, "That's that lad off Team Print." <laughs> oh, you you specifically didn't say where it was last time. Oh, I'll bleep it out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Please do not harass whichever one of them it was. Don't don't you know? I got OTT two years and I still don't know which one is which. Oh, um, but, um, to be. To be fair, they don't bother like making a big deal out of which one is. I think Peter so is the taller one. I think Rick is okay. the one who's on his leave insert. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, no, that was good. Then we went on to a taco restaurant in uh, Soho. Um, it was quite. It was very, very nice. It was not a kind of typical taco place. It was quite a sort of upmarket one. So, it's okay. expensive. I'll be honest, like three quid a taco or something. Um, <laughs> Uh, very, 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 very nice. How does your wife so we, take to your pronunciation of taco? Yeah, I was going to ask, what's up with that? Why, what, how do you pronounce well, it? Well, no, I, I'm not saying I would, but an, an American would pronounce it taco, almost like an elongated O sound, instead of a hard A for taco. 
Yeah, I think Joseph, he jokes very fast. It's like it's tackle. You know, it's tackle. like it's, it's, yeah. it's like a Leeds accent. T apostrophe C O. Yeah. Up tackle. My 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 <laughs> question was going to be more: uh, How does his lovely wife? What does she make of the English tacos? Is she like very much like a Fitz? Judging the UK uh, poutine, is she like this? Isn't this isn't a, a taco? This is a yeah. you know. No, like? I think these were. I mean, they're not like authentic kind of tacos you would get in in Mexico or in California, but they're they're like really really good. So it's it's fine. Well, yeah, I wouldn't it, take it in to England. Some kind of... Taco is an acronym for tea and crumpets only. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well done. The old English well stereotype. Done, yeah. Oh god, Irish satire. Still, <laughs> still, <laughs> still, still as. Uh, Shite as ever, uh, I think you're fine. That's why we had that famine that one time. Mm, oh, that's right, so did. Who needs Linehan? Huh? Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, so we ate the food, got very, very stuffed, and then mm. waddled, waddled home. Um, I think it was about eight. Then we went to a barbecue on Saturday, uh, which was nice. And yeah, that was it. Chilled out Sunday. Lovely. All right. Eating good food. Uh, I- what about you, Paul? Do you have a life this week or not? Uh, have I had a life? Mm, not really. Um, Mama's taken to call me a penguin for some reason. Um, uh, whoa. Is, it whoa. Little, is it because of your little waddle? Yeah, allegedly it is because of the little waddle. Yeah. Wait, is it really? Because yeah. I, I was joking. I don't think you have a waddle. I don't think I have a waddle either. That doesn't stop him from saying it. And it's hurtful. Yeah. No, my mama's getting on all right. Um, I always forget about mama's existence until you bring him up. It, it used to be that we would talk about him every every week, week. and now it's. I guess it's just because he, maybe he's slowing down as much. You know, he doesn't have as much time for the high spots anymore. But yeah. you know, if you're a new listener and you don't know, we're not talking about Paul's mother. It's his workmate called Mama, who um, is an interesting gentleman. We won't get into it all here, but he's um, quite the character. I'll have to do like a. A compilation of my, all the times we talk about Mama. That's that'd be pretty good. I mean, we we are famously terrible at like remembering when we talked about certain things and, and all this other stuff. Mm. I would actually love to do compilations of various things we've talked about, various running jokes. But a, we'd be terrible at finding the clips, first of all, and b, I mean, which of the three of us has the fucking time to go and make it is the other thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Mama, Mama's a Mama's a classic. This reminds me actually. Speaking of, because I was good, what I was going to say there a second ago was uh, Mama. You know, you'd almost be forgiven if you if you heard some of the stories over the years. You'd almost be forgiven for thinking he's a a, a comedic character that we came up with, but he's not. Um, <laughs> first of all, it's not that funny. Second of all, uh, <laughs> you know, based in reality. But that reminded me of something I was talking to uh, a friend of mine during the mm-hmm. week. I don't have much of a life guff, so this is going to be my life guff. Um, I watched the trailer. He showed it to me. For that new Carl Pilkington show on, oh, um, sick of it, yeah, on, yeah. I was not aware of this at all. I, I, because I, I don't, I don't really follow any of his stuff at all uh, anymore. So, is he just like a comedic actor now? Is that just what he does? He's not even a personality. He's just an actor now. Well, this is his first go, I think, of this sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, he, was, he was in yeah. Derek as well. He was in Derek as well. Uh, I, I, well, we, I suppose, we but that, that's that very much still felt like Gervais kind of crowbarring him in as a gag. Whereas this, and I, admittedly, people liked him in that, but it's, it, but you know, it just it's, it just seemed like a very weird, um, 
milestone, for lack of a better term. And also, I noticed that they they all seem to be working very independently and not really promoting each other's work or commenting on it in any capacity, yeah. uh, which is also interesting. Uh, but yeah, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, it doesn't look like something I go on my way to watch, but interesting nonetheless. Um, yeah. Also, that that train of thought then led me to ask, where the fuck is that horrible-looking page movie that Steve Merchant is supposed to be working on? Um, That's coming. I mean, oh, isn't that? Is that next month? Fighting, some, fighting with my family, whatever it's called. Someone, someone informed me it was actually delayed ah. uh, until Twitter. Oh, uh, oh, and, and possibly forever. Um, oh, but, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't have any any other life guff. So if we want to, uh, we got a lot of stuff on the agenda tonight. So do we want to just move into our various guffs? Yeah, please. Uh, so. Uh, following up on, I think I mentioned this last week, I don't recall. Uh, I am, uh, I think, four episodes into Disenchantment on Netflix. I think I watched the first episode last week. Um, and I am really liking it. I think it is like, uh, well, I don't think he's done much else in between it, but this is like one of my favorite things I've seen Mac rating as associated with since like the first two seasons of Futurama. Um, I, 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 it, it is honestly, I think it is at the very least, it is as good as that. Based on these these first couple of episodes, I've I've laughed. I like the characters. I think it, it looks nice. It's really well animated. It's um, it's all. It is kind of. It's not as as good as classic Simpsons, but it is akin to classic Simpsons in that it's it's like gag a second. It's like it's like constantly just just you know you got you got some great dialogue you got some visual gags every scene is interesting uh really liking it really really liking it it's kind of one of the more pleasant surprises i've seen on netflix this year but a bit of a quiet out year on the netflix i think uh in terms of their originals and i didn't have much you know i didn't have much hype for this but i am thoroughly enjoying it thoroughly enjoying it um good cast well i think i mentioned that last week abby jacobson eric andre john dimaggio um, a couple of other voices you'll you'll recognize from The Simpsons and Futurama here and there. Um, yeah, that is that's a big thumbs up. I think you lads would like it as well. I think I think it's okay. something that would definitely uh, um, uh, even if you don't even if you don't think it is as good as I am. I think I think it'll definitely uh, uh, scratch a Futurama itch certainly um, uh, if you are a fan of that. So that's really been it. Uh, I also I'm very slowly making my way through Glow uh, season two, uh, which is. Good. I heard people raving about this to the same degree they raved about the first season. I'm not quite into it just yet. I think it's uh, it's taking its time, but uh, yeah, I, I'm still enjoying it. And uh, Mark Maron is still is still great. Um, that show. So yeah, that's uh, that's telling off. Uh, we can we can because I don't see anyone else has anything down here. Uh, oh, who is America? I think uh, was really good last week. Um, and yeah, that's 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 pretty much all I've been watching. I need to catch up on all these TV shows. Even the shows that uh, I do watch, I'm behind on. How how much of Who Is America did you watch? Uh, zero seconds. Oh, zero seconds. Okay. Uh, I would almost <laughs> skip, I would almost skip the first episode, and then all the rest are good. Okay. Um, and it's not like the character. It's not like you need any kind of. Uh, you'll get the characters all straight away. It's not. It's not like you know. <laughs> you don't need to follow it along to get the canon. Yeah, I remember a lot of people have been disappointed with the first episode, apart from uh, all my uncles that I went playing golf with, who were raving about it. Oh really? Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. They I'm pretty sure all the like the re, the the good segments from the first episode with the uh the kindergarten gun stuff that all like was posted on 
Showtime posted it went around. That was the good segment. The rest of that first episode was very bad, so you can just like watch that on YouTube. God bless whoever that Sorry, is. I have to sneeze. I gotta blow my nose. Just give me a sec. Yeah, I'm also I'm a little bit uh, by the way, I'm a little bit congested. I apologize, you know. This is a this is another persistent theme. This... Oh right it's the microphone. Right in there. Just, just, just oh I'm just off mic. This should have been so loud. Uh, well, it really was. I mean, it really was. I'm a loud nose flower. Uh, but um, I'm a bit stuffy at the moment myself as well. But mm. um, anyway, let's jump in here. Paul, I see on the uh, agenda, you've got some music guff. It's not often we do music A new guff. segment, music uh, guff. Uh, uh, and and I'll, I'll weigh in on, on the music guff. We're going to talk about one of the hot releases um, from the last few weeks. Uh, and, and I just have to say... Um, Sweetener by Miss Ariana Grande is it's powerful. I mean, it is. Right. She's she's got the voice of an angel. Okay, the production is there. Um, it's a bit long, you know. I I I'm liking some of these shorter, you know, almost EPs that people are putting out lately. But uh, what a voice! And that pastor, send him to jail. Send him to jail for for being a pervert, um, and not just because he's a pastor. Um, but there's other there's another big music release we want to talk about, right? Paul, you listened to that new Eminem? I did. I listened to new Eminem. I also listened to uh, his previous one that came out last year that I actually never got around to listening to. I uh, think I did, actually. Because Marshall Mathers LP 2 um, was so bad yeah. that I think it just <laughs> turned me off Eminem forever. Um, that being said, uh, Kamikaze, which came out kind of under the radar, it was, it was just kind of dropped on... Uh, the 31st, whatever day that was, Tuesday maybe. Um, uh, I would say not as bad, but almost as bad. Um, the problem with Eminem is that I find that lyrically he's still very good. He's got a good um, flow to his raps. But his his songs are all very bland and, and unmemorable. And I think one thing that he's lost since his early days is... The fact that this this is maybe just something that will resonate with me uh, because of my taste in music rather than other people. But I think, especially with rap and to an extent other genres like metal and so on, I think a rap song has to work for, first and foremost as a song um, before like the lyrics and so on can be you know taken into account. And what I mean by that is, if I asked you... Um, some songs off Marshall Mather LP too, like um, Berserk. Like, w- would you be able to hum that song now? Do you remember how it goes? I can only remember. It's got like a a a, a very abrasive kind of loud beat to it. No, I actually, I think you're you're, you're proving your point quite well because I cannot remember. I can remember uh, Rap God, and that's basically. But it. I'm that's thinking that was like. But Rap God, to an extent, I know people really like Rap God, but again, Rap God doesn't really have it like a it has to say the word tune but it doesn't really have a tune to it you know whereas i if i, I think I, of, I, yeah but i only yeah i only remember it because it was like because he raps really fast uh, in it because he raps really fast and it was like a big talking point for a while i don't really remember it as a song or hold but, it but if, if i think to back to like the way i am or songs of that ilk you know you have the you can almost before he starts rapping start like tapping your finger to it um this is make probably make me come off as a very old man but a lot of uh, the songs on Kamikaze are that same kind of just bland, almost no beat to it, you know? And it's just him rapping um, insecurely over it. 
because a lot of his songs are about how how uh, uh, revival wasn't loved like it should have been and how he can never do anything right and he, can he still do it which it feels like it's been the theme of his last like five albums um so yeah kamikaze i thought was pretty pretty weak i went back to revival i thought revival was okay actually um i think i I think revival is definitely the strongest of his last three albums i think recover i I actually quite enjoyed recovery um and then marshall mathers lp i really hated revival is actually all right i'd say it's somewhere in the five out of ten six out of ten range it's not something i would seek out to listen to but i didn't hate it and then kamikaze i think is again a pretty pretty poor i've i've only listened to kamikaze once through and i was I was not kind of sitting down and like, okay, I'm going to just dedicate my attention. I just kind of had it on while I was doing some other stuff. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I, I, but nothing kind of stuck out to me as especially good or bad. I might listen to it again. I, I was shocked at the level of praise it got because it did not leave a lasting impression on me. I didn't realize it had got a lot of praise. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. I, I mean, there's there's people who are just categorically done with Eminem, but I've seen a lot of people who have maybe been on the mm. fence about him or people like me who really would like to like his stuff based on the fact that we liked it 15 years ago um saying that oh no this is a return to form i have seen that sentiment around but i i just didn't enjoy it at all i also thought venom is like one of the most irritating and and by the numbers bad eminem songs i think that might be the worst song on the album to be honest it's like 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 why like why didn't how did no one like fair enough he wrote the, that chorus and it's bad right how did no one say this is bad and 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 don't do it i would sooner have had not i mean fair enough it's a stupid fucking licensed song for what would probably be a stupid fucking movie but but oh man it's irritating it's like the it's just and i can and it's like it actively detracted from my you know interest in the film because like god i, I <laughs> I dread this being played during the film because there's no way the scene won't immediately be ruined by it. But uh, I digress. Yeah. I mean, I might, I might listen to it again. But uh, yeah, I, I was like talking. Yourself, I was, I was talking to my brother about it, and I, I said to him, you know, I would struggle to pick out a song to play to you, you know, that I liked. <laughs> you know, like I, I couldn't look through the set, the the song list, and say, oh, that one was good. Uh, this will give you an idea of, you know. How, how good or how bad the album is. They're all just very, very forgettable, bland songs that don't have don't have interesting hooks. Um, I don't remember whether it was on Kamikaze or Revival. In fact, I have a feeling it might have been on Revival. But there's one song that uses um, the Cranberries Zombie as the sample and has the chorus from Zombie. And it just really doesn't work at all. In the same way that, um, was it What Is Love by Hadaway he used on one of the last albums? And he used um, Changes by Ozzy Osbourne or, or Black Sabbath. And I don't know. A lot of the samples he uses are, are just really standout bad. So, yeah, that's that's my review of Kamikaze anyway. Not not very good at all. Um, to the point that it, like I would easily take um, Encore over any of the, his last three albums, to be honest. Oh, I, I don't know. I haven't gone back to Encore recently, but ugh. I know, I know. Encore is, is, is extremely bad, but Encore at least has that thing where some of the songs have got at least, you know, an interesting beat to them or a catchy hook, um, whereas these just don't. I, I don't know whether... I do know what the thing about Kamikaze is, I don't know if you noticed this, is he, he takes a pop a few times at, like, modern... Um, 
like Drake style, not mumble rap necessarily, but that kind of well, yeah, modern rap, yeah. modern rap, and yet kind of succumbs to it himself on a few songs. It's like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go at it. There's like, and I know some some of it is done satirically, but some of the songs literally have that hammer that the the how like rhythm to them, and I like this is just modern rap that you're having to go at five minutes ago. Anyway, I would say give it a miss. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna give it a go. I because I think is I, I I said I it didn't blow me away, but I also I don't think I disliked it to a huge degree. So I might give it another go and see where I'm at. But I've I've gotten I feel like I've been very uh, indecisive on the last few Eminem albums. Like, what was the what was the first one he did after quote unquote retiring? Was it Relapse? Relapse, yeah. I, I feel like I hated that, and then I came around on it, and then I came around it the other way and hated it again, and you know, I, I it's just you know, I, but although ultimately, yeah, I, I come away very negative. I mean, Marshall Mathers LP two, I almost like tried to trick myself into thinking I liked it the first time I listened to that album. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's that music guff for this week. Yeah. It's a big thumbs up for Sweetener by Miss Ariana Grande. Um, we can jump into a little bit of game guff here. Uh, I bought Into the Breach on Switch um, because that was a game everyone raved about on Steam, and now it's on a thing I own. But I told myself I wouldn't start it until I finished Dead Cells, which is still great, but also still kicking my ass, and I'm not, I'm not even close to beating it. So I, so I might have to give up on that. Well, not give up on the game, but I may have to just, you know, allow allow myself to play a different video game for a while because i think i've hit a wall with it and i'm I'm just i'm not getting past a certain level that's that's uh beating me consistently but yeah not not a whole lot else new on the i'm excited for into the breach it's something i will pick pick up myself and, yeah it, it doesn't look like the kind of game i like but it's also just 15 quid and it looks like a good switch game um so maybe we'll have a, a talk about that in the coming weeks also next week we'll probably have lots of spider-man talk so I think we, cer- we certainly will uh, but uh, what about you, Paul? What's your what's your game golf update for the week? Uh, well, I was playing a little bit of The Last of Us. Mm. Finished. Ooh, completed the game. Mm. Um, definitely uh, came around to it. Not that I was you know down on it previously, but definitely came around to it a lot more in the the last two seasons, winter and spring. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I liked I liked it a lot. I think some of the criticisms I have still hold true. Um, I think it's a quite a frustrating game at points, and I think specifically the last level is kind of needlessly punishing at points. Um, yeah, to the extent that like it, the game almost encourages encourages you to play it wrong. In that, mm. what I what I figured out after dying five times is that the the no spoilers here, of course, but the last level of The Last of Us um, is essentially just a series of checkpoints. And the game design encourages you to kind of be sneaky, sneak around and take out, almost like a stealth level, take out these like heavily armed goons. Um, but actually, all you need to do is sprint to the next door <laughs> and try not to get yeah. killed. Because um, what happened to me was, this is one of my main criticisms of the game, generally. And this is maybe... A criticism of the the stealth or survival genre uh, overall is I would find that I would unknowingly pass a checkpoint, right? Say, oh, there's some loot over here, and I'd grab a can, I'd grab some uh, paper and whatever, alcohol, and craft uh, a med kit, 
Maybe craft a bomb. Go up a corridor, take out some goons. Oh, there's a clicker over here. Okay, da 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 da. And then I'll turn a corner, and, I, and without me seeing it, a clicker is suddenly biting me on the neck. Yeah. And oh, I'm all the way back to where I was. Okay, go over to the corner, grab again the resources, craft the things again, which takes way too long to do. Um, go up the corridor again, kill the same people I've already killed. Um, I know the clicker's here now, so I can I can um, kill it. Oh no, my gun, which I had changed, is back to what it was when I passed the first checkpoint, and I have no ammo. So I'm pressing like shoot, I have no ammo. I get killed again, all the way yeah. back again. And it's just like, it's it's it really sometimes I, like I don't mind that a game can be difficult, and I don't mind um, that you have to do the same area a few times. But it feels like a lot of the time you get punished because of the game design rather than yeah you know it being your own fault really like the amount of times i would get killed by an, an enemy i didn't see is <laughs> really really far too much um and not only that but a lot of the time when you're trying to be sneaky and you have ellie with you or especially early in the game tess as well or um henry and sam a lot yeah. of the time you only get seen because of them because of the bad ai i'm like hiding behind a crate and they're just <laughs> running around and then i and then i, I get killed inevitably so definitely not a perfect game but i mean i would i would say maybe the best story in a video game i've ever played yeah um really really strong story really strong ending as well um, yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's up there and i remember i uh, a buddy of mine very very recently got a ps4 first i think first playstation con- he skipped three yeah um and he, he initially got an xbox one and they got a ps4 on sale he's like hey i'm finally gonna play this and he was updating me as he much like you were updating me as he was going through last of us and he was loving it and he was like this is great i like the story and i remember he hated the ending he hated the ending which oh. i think a lot of people did when when that ending was super divisive uh uh when it first came out and i was just like i was like just trust me just think about it it will it, you will you'll realize it's better than any of i mean i might i mean i know you you said you weren't going to spoil it. i mean it is five years old but we won't spoil it here because i you know maybe because hey I, I know two people who just played it for the first time this year spoiler free so maybe i shouldn't say anything but i was like it's way better than what you might have expected at the front at the top of that game like you probably i'm sure most people when they first played they had a guess as to oh you know maybe you know this character probably doesn't make it and you know the obvious uh, parallels to the beginning might happen and, and all sorts of stuff but they went in this totally different direction that not only for a game but i think just even in general for any any story it would be whether it's a tv show or a movie i feel like it was a very ballsy ending it was also an ending that focus tested horribly um uh and they had to, the creative director really had to fight um uh tooth and nails keeping yeah. the game no, uh, he I'm talked a, a lot I'm of, very big fan of the ending yeah it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, it really is. I don't think anything anything else could really touch it, especially especially in a game. I mean, you know, how often do, do games take risks like that? And that's that ending is also why the fan base was so polarized about the idea of a sequel. And if you do a sequel, should it be with the same characters? Because it's like the way that ends. It's it's kind of a perfect. And yes, it's ambiguous, but there's nothing wrong with leaving it a little ambiguous. People were very torn on whether or not you should revisit it and give give the audience definitive answers. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a great documentary that, that Sony put out. It's free on YouTube now, uh, called grounded about the making of the game. 
Uh, there's lots of interviews with the creative director where he just talks about, oh, he had all this creative freedom and Sony never said, you can't do this, it's too violent, you can't do that. They were very, very open and the only bit of kickback he ever really got was on the ending. It was like, people, it was like, people aren't going to like this. Um, and at the time, people were very mixed on it. I didn't. I didn't know what to think when when the credits hit. I was like, "How is that the ending?" I was like, "That's." I was like, "Where's my post credit scene or something that 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 uh, clears it up?" But um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good. One. Yeah. Um. So I probably will play the DLC before I start Spider Man. I believe it's only a couple of hours long. Um. Ah uh, yes. And it comes as part uh, of the remastered anyway, so I have it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, you get it, you got it. You got it. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so great. Um uh it's very combat light, which is good. Yeah. It's very exposition heavy and um exploration heavy and interacting in ways that's uh, uh totally different from the main game, which is cool. Um and if there was a criticism of that thing when it came out, I think a lot of people were of the belief that they should have just had no combat at all in it. Um Right. Uh, because the the non combat stuff was so fun, um, yeah, I think you, I'll think you like that. It, that was another thing that caught people um, sort of out, out of left field. It was like um, much like much like people saying, "Do we really need a sequel?" It, the the DLC is a prequel, and people are like, "Do we really need a prequel for this? Does it matter? Does it really? Who cares? How, how can you possibly expand on this story?" And they they they, they nailed it. I mean, they really nailed it. Um, so I look forward to your thoughts on that. But um, yeah. It's uh, it's cool. It is a a cool game, and I I, th- I think those two central performances are just tremendous. They are, um, they are out of this world. But it re- so equally for- has a, a very strong kind of ensemble cast of characters that you meet along the way, but that are all memorable. Yeah, um, replaying the game, I really had an appreciation for Tess's character and also her performance. Yeah. Um, that scene early on. I mean, this is a this is a mild spoiler for the early parts of the game, but where she dies. Like her performance, and again, that's a credit to the actress, but also the facial animators and the the you know the for, you know everything about, about that game slick production. It's like God, that scene is so good, and the character's lip is quivering, and the line delivery is just out of this world. It's like she's great. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a game that's story I think actually held up tremendously well on a repeat playthrough. You'll pick up on all kinds of parallels and stuff, but uh, some of the criticisms you talked about they also stand out on a repeat playthrough. Uh, when playing on the insanely tough higher difficulties, I'm definitely just sprinting to the doors in that final level um, because it's like I, it's if it's a case of one or two shots kills you, then yeah, just bolt to the door, and more often than not, you will just get there uh, by the time. Because the AI will try and be crafty. They'll spot you and like, oh, I'm going to go to cover and get a good shot. And I'm like, I'm not engaging with you, my man. I'm just going to this door here, <laughs> which, 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 is, which is magically uncrossable once I get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, not just the ending, the actual final seconds before the credit, but the, uh, the, 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 the big climactic scene with, the, with, I guess, the culmination of Joel's arc. Yeah, for lack of a better term, that was mega divisive. I mean, man, people just—I remember watching a, a, you know, one of my favorite uh, Let's Players, two best friends play. I remember they got to that uh, scene, and it was just from from jovial to very perplexed and conflicted as to whether or not they liked the idea of what this character was becoming. Right. Because um, uh, it's yeah, and and as you'd imagine, there have been lots of 
articles written and videos produced and dissections and debate and debates and everything else and, and that that to me is the sign of a of a great of a great story really but um but anyway i'm glad you enjoyed it that's all i've uh, been playing i just finished it uh not last night but the night before the day before and now you can uh, you can join us patiently waiting for the sequel now i, I rewatched the trailer and i have context for it now i understand yeah <laughs> so yeah good stuff um anyway we have after that lengthy game guff we have about 10 million movies to discuss this week uh i've got some new releases i saw boys uh i got i saw one really good movie and i saw two absolute pieces of shit um <laughs> so i'll start with the goodie Go right it. recommendation i saw black Klansman, which i believe you talked about last week paul no i haven't seen it yet. wait did you joe did you see it yes Okay, yes. I, I knew I wasn't crazy. Uh, yeah, so this is my first Spike Lee film. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, very funny. I thought it was uh, very slick. Um, I thought the the parallels to modern life were good in quite a few places, but laid on quite a bit thick in some other places. Um, obviously, if you don't, you know, if you know what the film is about, it's about a, uh, a black detective who calls the Ku Klux Klan to basically infiltrate them over the phone. And obviously when it comes to actually meeting up, they have a, a white officer take his place and, and, and whatnot. And, and the plot kind of goes from there. Um, and so it's dealing with race in America and all this other stuff. And so there's, there's quite a bit of, um, there's quite a bit of, of parallels drawn with, with the modern day. And some of them really land. Like there was, the, there was a scene where Adam Driver, who's the white cop, uh, he meets the, the, the clan members for the first time in their sort of dive bar, their pool hall, whatever it is. Um, and they're talking about how much they hate the gays and the blacks, you know, the things that the clan do. Um, uh, and they're like um, set in the 1970s or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, these days, you know, you can't turn on the TV without just seeing, you know, the black people, the gays everywhere, right? What's up with that? You know, what, what about us? And like that, and there was no like punchline. There was no looking into the camera to make sure you got it. It was all it, they just kind of said that, and you kind of you know piece together in your head. It's like okay, you know, people say that these days, but it's like you know, even in the 1970s, people were complaining about that. You know, it's a nice little parallel, and that's fine. And then there's another part in the film where they they straight up almost have a character use the phrase "Make America Great Again." Like they almost have a character say it, and it's so on the nose and so like hammered home to you that that it's it, that it's a little jarring like it's it's some of the jokes have nuance some of them don't um uh and that's that's what kind of kept it from being like a really really excellent film for me is that it was um it's almost a wwe terminology we would use this the salty hammer came into it a little too thick at times um uh but it definitely got its message across yeah so it was, it was a thumbs up overall I'd, re I'd recommend people go see it uh i wouldn't recommend people go see the happy time murders which is uh are you too familiar with this yeah melissa mccarthy and puppets it's melissa mccarthy and puppets and she's a cop and the main puppet who I think is voiced by the guy who's Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad. I can't remember. I didn't care enough to look it up after the fact, but it sounds like him. The main puppet is like a grizzled private investigator, former cop, 
and it's it kind of follows the, the 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 typical cop story you'd imagine where the pi and the and the cop they used to be partners they're falling out but they have to come back together to solve a crime and it's all set in puppet world where every where you know sesame street like characters are part of society and it is absolutely painfully unfunny um it i it reminded me of something like i said about rampage which is it felt like it was full of a bunch of like first draft jokes like they had a week to write this script and so they just put a couple of jokes in placeholder and then never actually fill them out to be proper jokes because it's very lazy very one-dimensional and not even lazy when i say lazy i'm not even saying they're like offensive jokes it's like they're 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 barely jokes there's a there's a scene where uh, McCarthy McCarthy and the puppet uh, crash a, a, a drug den and all the puppets turn and they point their guns at the cops like 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 as happens in these movies and because there's about twenty characters in there and they're all holding guns and the puppet goes huh what is this the NRA and it's like is that the joke they all have guns so it's the NRA like that's about as easy as it gets that's not um, even a joke. That's not even a joke. It's like it's like of all, the, and it's not even a joke about the NRA. It's it's like it, it's as it's as basic as it gets. It's like loads of people in a room with guns. You know, you know what I mean. And it's it's that kind of thing um, uh, for ninety minutes or two hours even. Uh, tons of jokes about how Melissa McCarthy looks like a man, and oh, what a man she is, and Does blah she? blah blah. And she, not not really. So here's the thing. I, like I knew it was going to be lowest common denominator jokes about how how you know Melissa McCarthy is like one of these people that that just constantly she's obviously just happy with people lampooning her looks or whatever in her movies, which is fine. That's her prerogative. I've never but, like, I've never such- once of all the cr- critiques of Melissa McCarthy they can make. I've never once heard her compared to a man visually. Yeah, no, it's it's like a running joke, and it's it's like. I, I don't get it. Like, I don't think she looks like a man. Like, say what you want about her, but she doesn't look like a man. And even if she did, I don't know that that's especially funny joke. And even if it was, they make it about five times in this film. Uh, there's also a joke where she mentions her hymen, which is so funny. Um, uh, it's really bad. It, 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 it leans, as well as the, the very basic nature of the jokes, it also leans a ton into the idea that... Um, uh, uh, just these puppets saying these naughty words is funny, right. um, which is not. I mean, like you know, South Park has been on the air for twenty fucking years at this stage. But we're kind of over the idea of looking at something that's supposed to be a kids show and and being shocked when they swear. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not impressive anymore. So it it was terrible. The plot is also extremely tropey. It's like. And it's not satirizing detective stories. Like, it doesn't feel like it's nodding and winking at the camera to let you know it's taking the piss out of these tropes. Again, it feels like the script was just thrown together, like, literally in a matter of days. It's not funny. Um, uh, it's not It's not satirizing the genre. It's just extremely lazy. Um, so, yeah. Huge thumbs down for this. And I was like, fucking hell. I was like, that's... I gave that a one star on the old letterbox. I was like, it ain't getting much worse than that, folks. And then, for some reason, I let my roommate talk me into going to see Slender Man um, uh, last week, which is the uh, Sony Pictures production based on the... um, Do you folks remember the internet back in 2009? It was a crazy place. It was back before we had, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the Salt Bay. Before um, CSP. Before CSP and and before uh, Cash Me Outside Girl. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, what, what's that Johnny Johnny thing telling lies? Um, uh, that'll be a hot motion picture in 2028. Uh, <laughs> this was the hot meme back in the day. Uh, Sony have now adopted a uh, something awful message board thread into a movie, which is great. Um, it is. This is now my new answer for whenever anyone asks the question, what's the worst movie you ever saw in a theater? Because I didn't really have an answer to that question beforehand. I was like, yeah, I've seen some crap. You know, Batman v Superman. I saw the 98 Godzilla in theaters. You know, but I didn't have any, like, I I don't think I'd seen any kind of, like, legendarily awful one out of ten movies in in the cinema. This... This is one of the most abysmal films I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, uh, if you want to, if you want to uh, see, first of all, not only how it was terrible, but also how it was uh, butchered before release, the Red Letter Media uh, review is is very good and sums up how bad the film is. But also, they uh, they compare footage from the movie to the trailers. Um, there are huge sections of the story cut out. There's an entire character cut out. Um, there is basically no blood in the movie at all um the movie was hastily edited before release because of the uh the real life uh i don't think it was a murder it was a stabbing it was like the girl didn't die but some little girl was like stabbed in the in the u.s it was the subject of the hbo documentary um if you watch the trailer there's all kinds of clips of of uh, the three all the main characters are little girls by the way so it's so it's it's really really you know it, it was a questionable decision to to do that first of all um, but then you watch the trailer and it's like young girls like stabbing themselves in the eyes and and turning up with their faces bloodied in the woods. Like kind of you know, pretty tasteless direction to go based on the real life happenings. Uh, all that shit's cut out. Uh, so the film is massively incoherent. Uh, it's it's got it's a 15 rated film. They, they could if they took out some of the swearing, I think they could have got it to 12. There's no violence at all in the film. It's not especially scary. Um, actually, it's not scary at all. I don't even know why I said especially. Um, I was expecting it to be a cheap uh, jump scare. I think it's it's not even that. There's not even. I think there's like one or two jump scares. It's not even not even that. It is it is a barely uh, a, a barely <laughs> like finished film. You know, um, it has the most uh, kind of ugly, cliched horror movie color palette ever everything's the entire film feels like it's shot at night there's a couple of daytime scenes at school and it has a horrible grayish bluish palette it looks disgusting the whole way through the film uh embarrassing cgi there's definitely better sort of um fan films of slender man in terms of cgi on on youtube the film looks like it was made with absolutely no budget um and it's yeah and it's and it barely scrapes by 90 minutes like it's 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 obviously a, a shell of a film. Um, I'm sure it would have been shite if it was released in its original form. I'm not saying it was any kind of uh, uh, hatchet job that ruined it at the last second, but it was abysmal. It was abysmal. Um, so so yeah, uh, this actually kind of made me like Happy Time Murders a bit more because I looked at that and I was like, well, some of those puppet designs were like, all right, they had like a seedy guy running the the porn shop, and that was like a you know, it was a good-looking CD puppet. You know, I, I cut it some slack. Where where Slenderman was just devoid of positives. These these four young actresses, God bless them. It's not like they had anything to work with. Dreadful actresses, absolutely dreadful. Like no offense, I know you're all like 15, but I hope you never work again. Um, uh, you know, it was just it was just awful, awful, awful. Um, 
so yeah, so that that's my three films. Um, uh, go see go see Black Klansman, and I don't know if you if you if you just want to see like a, what I think is a legendarily awful film, go see Slenderman. Um, I can't think of any excuse to go see Happy Time Murders. I mean, not even it doesn't even really work as a as a as a dreadful B movie. Um, yeah, that's my uh, that's my 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 film guff for the week there. Fair enough, Joe. Do you want to go next? Yeah. Um, so I've seen a few movies. I actually saw one last week that I forgot to talk about. Go on. Uh, it was I, Tonya, the Tonya Harding story. Yeah. Uh, starring uh, Yawan. What's her name? Margot uh, Harley Quinn. Margot Robber. Um, she was really good. At first I was like, eh, can she pull this off? And then as the film went on, I kind of really got into her performance. I thought she was really, really good. Um, story's pretty interesting. I was kind of already familiar with the sort of very basics of it. Um, I think it's quite a sympathetic portrayal of her. I don't know if it's maybe too sympathetic at times, but uh, essentially she's an Olympic ice skater who gets embroiled in a plot to attack one of her rivals. Um, and it's, it's interesting kind of look at her life and and the whole kind of media scandal uh, surrounding what happened um some some very good supporting performances in it the only bit i didn't like is they keep cutting during the film to kind of uh, mock, i guess mock documentary footage of the different characters kind of talking to camera and relaying their stories which i think is based very closely on on real footage the only thing is to me it didn't f- come across as very real even though it's based very closely on real footage it didn't really uh come across as authentic in the context of the film as a whole yeah. uh, which was a shame um but apart from that i enjoyed it um good film and uh good performances i so, yeah i think i mentioned when i watched it around oscar time but the guy who played um sean eckert was my favorite performance in it, i think what, which one's again? He's the boyfriend. He, or the no, he's one. he's the the well, the 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 funny chubster behind the whole. Right, right. <laughs> who, who, yeah, he thinks he's uh, thinks he's a real gangster. I thought that lad was very very funny. Um, yeah, I Tanya's great. I agree. Yeah, and the good. the mother is extremely good as well. Um, Alice, yeah. Alison Jenny. <laughs> That's a that's a, a a low key movie that's full of great performances. People should check that out. Yeah, I wish I, is that on any streaming services of note? No, we actually rented it from yeah! one, of, one of your services. Ah, it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be on one of them soon enough. I'd say. It'll be on. Yeah, it won't take, won't take long. The old the old the old flicks soon, I'd imagine. Um, rental. Wow. Hmm. But a uh, buddy of mine. <laughs> Uh, massive Spider-Man fan. He's trying to rent the PS4 next week or this week, and he okay. he googled it. He was like he was like console rental Ireland, and he's like all I found was like a thread from like 1997 saying Extravision does it. And he's like, well, that's no help to me. Um, so I was like, buddy, if I could lend you mine, I would, but I won't. Um, what else? Seen Joe? Seen anything else this week? Uh, yesterday watched uh, Paddington Two. The sequel to Ooh. the hit film Paddington. Oi. Um, that was quite fun. Uh, Hugh Grant's in it. 
uh, camping it right up during the scenery as the villain. Uh, so that was fun. I uh, quite enjoyed that. And then we watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, starring The Rock. Uh, and this, Kevin this is Hart. the one that people says is good. So it's a divisive one. Divisive between um, film lovers and idiots. <laughs> um, no, it was very, it was very entertaining. I was surprised how how much I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's quite fun. So they say they reinvent it as a video game rather than a board game, and they get stuck inside the video game and have to kind of play their way out. Um, so it's quite fun the way that they reinvent it. Some some nice action sequences, quite funny. Weird thing is there weren't enough animals in it. And both Michelle and myself complained about this just to each other, you know, right. not to anyone else. Um, it's like for the first kind of hour or bit, you don't see hardly any animals at all. Whereas obviously the, the original one was all about the animals and the, the stampedes and things. Whereas weirdly, they, they were replaced by guys on motorbikes, um, which was a bit weird. And yeah. they do have some animals towards the end. But yeah, it's strange. I don't know if they were like saving money on CGI because it would have cost a fortune to um, put in all, all these hordes of rampaging, you know, animals. But yeah, it was a bit odd. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a fun, fun movie. Um, and I actually got quite some characters, and I thought it told a good story and very nice cameo at the end as well. Um, yeah, thumbs up for Jumanji. There you go. Yeah. Um. I saw a few movies as well. I saw uh, a little movie called Ghost Stories. I don't remember. I don't know if either of you saw a trailer for this in the last year. But Ghost Stories is a little British yes. anthology yes. horror movie starring our very own Martin Freeman. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's only in it a little bit. Uh, either of you see this or either of you remember? No, I've heard it discussed. Uh, I could have sworn when he used it. Oh, Joe did. Did you see I'm it, Joe? Did not you? See, no, yeah. I didn't see it, but I, I oh, saw reviews and stuff. I thought it was about. good. It's based on a quite... It's based uh, on a play. Yeah. Well-regarded, yeah, play that's on, been in, on here in London. Um, so, Ghost Stories is a movie that I kind of... When, once I finished watching it, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it because I think a lot of it doesn't really work as a film compared to how it, how it would feel in a theater like i can very easily imagine that it would feel very spooky in a theater and, and that a lot of the effects would be very impressive but like when you're watching a film and there's like a little floating sheet obviously not just a ghost but let's say one of the characters goes to uh an empty crib and the sheet starts moving and coming up like in in a theater i can imagine that being like oh that's a good effect and in a movie it's just very kind of matter of fact mm-hmm. um what i what i dislike the most about it is um the ending because uh, the 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 plot of ghost stories is one that i found very interesting is to sum it up very quickly is uh this skeptic like professional skeptic uh, professor um, meets up with one of his idols, one of his ins- inspirations, who gives who who was also previously like a, a skeptic on TV, who gives him these three cases that he was not able to solve, 
And so this professor goes, this is why the movie has this framework of being like an anthology of stories, but goes, mm. goes to investigate these three cases and try to work out kind of what links them and why were they not being, not, they, why were they unsolvable essentially? Um, and the ending really, uh, I found deeply unsatisfying. Um, mm. Which which is a shame when the movie is is like kind of hung on the investigation because otherwise you know the 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 stories individually I found quite ordinary, um, not particularly frightening, not particularly scary. Paul Whitehouse shows up and he's pretty good, I suppose. Um, the Martin Freeman story he's his he's he appears in the third story. I found his one particularly weak. Um, and yeah, I just don't think it translates very well to the to the big screen, which is kind of the, the mm-hmm. saddest thing about it. I won't spoil the ending because I, I would almost, having not seen the play, I would almost recommend you go see the play because I can imagine that it's very good. Mm. But um, yeah, the movie version, I, I, I was kind of on the fence and I just fell on the, I didn't really like it side. Um uh, so I won't spend too much time on that. I saw also um, ter- the Terminator and Terminator Two Judgment Day, um, which we watched here in the house. Um, the The original Terminator, I'm not sure that I had ever seen the com- the entire film. I think I mm. I thought I had seen maybe an hour, hour fifteen of it. Funny enough, watching it again, um, I believe that I had actually seen less of it than I had believed i think i'd seen maybe half an hour of it so it was all very fresh to me uh and then terminator 2 i have seen its entirety but it was so long ago that again watching it back i had almost forgotten about entire scenes that happened i had forgotten completely about the um uh miles dyson character who's like responsible for the creation of the technology that leads to judgment day um both extremely good movies you might be surprised to hear yeah. Um, I almost this might be a controversial take. Okay, I almost prefer the first one, to Terminator. 2. It's not a con- it's not a controversial take. I'll tell you something. It is it is the correct opinion to have, sir. Oh wow! There you go. Wow. Listen. Wow. That second one, bloody good film. Yeah, it is. You got, mm-hmm. a, you got action. Get Arnie yeah. being the hero. He say hasta la loves. vista, baby. Hasta la vista. Right. It's great. That first one, though. That movie's cool as shit. <laughs> it is cool as shit. I think there's... I think both... I I wouldn't call either film perfect. I think... I I, I gave them both a nine on the on the old boxed.com. Um... So let me talk about The Terminator first. So The Terminator is is an extremely good extremely efficient um, monster movie, essentially. And the Terminator is like yeah. one of those great mo- movie monsters. Um, and Arnie, because of who he is, comes off as a, like a legit cyborg. And he's like properly terrifying in it. Um, that being said, some of the effects, of course, are a bit dated. Stop motion Terminator towards the end, for instance. But I can kind of forgive that. Um one little thing, it's not even a criticism, one little, little thing that irks me of movies of that time is that they have, a lot of them have this kind of synth score that I feel like doesn't really set a, 
a tone, you know? Like, during chase scenes, you have this, like, Blade Runner-esque kind of synthwave music, and I, I don't think it really fits, but that's kind of typical of those 80, 80s movies. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's almost perfect. Um, I think the guy who plays Kyle Reese is really good. I don't know. He fell off the earth, apparently. Um, Aaron is, of course, great in the, the Terminator role as the villain. Uh, I like when he... Uh, has like a Mass Effect style dialogue tree in his head and goes fuck off asshole um, mm. oh, fuck you asshole um, the stunts are really good in it and for for what well, was quite a cheaply made movie it's really really great um, and then Terminator 2 in a way does everything better than the first one but it, it does feel a little bit bloated at times especially towards the middle yeah. it's a bit it's a teeny 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 bit flabby um, and but it has all the memory. It has Austin Lewis, the baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, isn't it? Once you say Austin, like I, we were watching it, and I actually went like tonight and went. He just said Austin Lewis, the baby. Did you see? That's that's Ooh. the bit where he says Austin Lewis, the baby. <laughs> it well, I mean, Terminator Two has got some of the best stuff. Famous, work. famously parodied by Crash Bandicoot Three. Oh. Shite. <laughs> but Terminator 2 has the has the the truck driving off the bridge and Arnie on the motorbike and Arnie with the swinging shotgun and it's Terminator 2, I think Terminator 2 is is extremely cool it's an extremely cool movie um Ed Furlong is very annoying in it though um and his voice cracks at every single line he says in it um but at the same time he's kind of charismatic and he has like an arc where he becomes likable towards the end um, and yeah, I think that those two movies are, I mean, I don't need to talk about how great they are. They're some of the best action movies of all time, but Terminator one, especially maybe doesn't get enough praise as, as it deserves. And then finally, I saw a 4DX movie for the first time. 4DX is a thing, a thing they do in Cineworld cinemas where not only do you watch a movie, but your seat moves around and it sprays water at you and smells and wind and uh, like mist effects and stuff which sounds awful right because I'm one of those guys who I just want to see a movie I don't want me chair shaking and getting motion sickness watching a movie yeah but um nevertheless depends on the movie doesn't it depends on the movie um and the movie we saw in 4DX was Life of Pi Hmm. which is a movie that I've seen I think maybe four times already since it came out oh, wow. five years ago. <laughs> so I think I think this was legitimately my fifth time seeing it. Um, um, and funnily enough, I actually quite enjoyed the 4DX experience. Um, mm. I think something like Fast and Furious or some kind of action movie along those lines, it would be very annoying because you'd just be constantly swinging from side to side. And in fact, they played, they played a little trailer before the movie and the movement in that was very kind of jarring. Whereas Life of Pi, being that it's Life of Pi, was a lot more um, subtle in the the extra effects. So it would be like you'd be watching a scene, and there'd be in in the scene it's raining, and then in the scene we have this like light drizzle effect. You're like, oh, it's almost like I'm in the scene with them. And then what when the the guys on the, on the boat in the middle of the sea with the tiger, for example, your your chair will be very very slightly swaying to give you a feeling of being on the ocean. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, what what I would liken it to 
is you know the way when you play a PlayStation game, you have the rumble feedback on the controller. And I'm if you, familiar if, with this, yes. And if you played a game and it didn't have any rumble, you go, this is a bit weird. Life, Life of Pi, at least, with 4DX, it almost felt like watching a movie with, uh, with that same kind of sensation, with that feedback of, from the movie. So you see, sometimes when there was like a thunderstorm, your seat would rumble. There's lightning effects in the cinema. And it, 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 it just kind of, um, not improved, but it, it kind of enhanced the experience. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I would be willing to give... 40X is one of those things I say, I would never do it. It was stupid, stupid gimmick. I'd actually be willing to do 40X again. I really, really enjoyed the experience. I wouldn't see every movie in 40X. Um, but as a once-off, it was a, a really interesting experience. I really, really enjoyed it. And Life of Pi, of course, is... Um, I think one of my favorite movies. I think it's a really, really beautiful movie. And if you ever get a chance to see it in the cinema... Um, I would take it with both hands because it's it's a stunning looking movie. Um, and they're all the movies I watched this week. Good stuff. Okay, we've 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 got we've seen a lot. Um, let's uh, let see here. Where will we go from here? Do you want to do emails? We can do quick emails, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got emails. We got, we got emails and spades here, folks. Got an email from Scott the Boy McAvoy. He says, "Hearing you describe the fact that nobody was waiting for beers at the last event, combined with the description of the bathrooms, makes me think that nobody was waiting in the bathrooms either." Uh, that was actually one of the funnier things about it was that there was always a queue because there wasn't that many bathrooms, and every time someone went into the shitty one, they'd come out looking disgusted. So at least <laughs> I got to see their, at least I got to see their live reactions every time I went for a piss. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, he go, Scott goes on to ask, how soon before we get Oni Larkin taking a shot at Ricochet? He can come out in a shirt that says the one and Oni. I like that. Uh, I would love that. <laughs> Paul really liked that, it seems. Uh, he should have the theme song as well. One and Oni. And then he can come out. Oh, the, um, that match would probably be great. I love Oni Larkin, and I, I, I would very much, even if it was a TV match, I'd enjoy that. Uh, he says, it's my turn to run 20 questions panel. Uh, oh. Okay. He's, he sent me a 20 questions. All right. Me and Joe. Uh, do you, you want to do this? or sh- Do you want to do this? Or since we have so much stuff to do, should we hold it? Or, or do you want to do it? Uh, I think me and Joe probably can get it quickly enough, can we? All right. All right. So, uh, uh, okay. Off you go. All right. We'll be quick with our questions. We won't spend too much time um this person live yes um are they in wwe or ring of honor currently yes okay um are they on raw or smackdown no well mm, no okay hmm are they on NXT? No. Okay, hang on. So I could be Ring of Honor. Yeah, but he has stayed on Raw SmackDown, so I'm thinking maybe it's like someone who uh, does the pay-per-view pre-show panels or something like that. Is it someone who's a currently active Sam wrestler? Roberts. It's not Sam Roberts, is it? Wait. <laughs> Paul, ask his question. Is is this person an active wrestler? An active full-time wrestler? No. Okay. Um. Uh. Well, blah, blah, blah. Maybe. Yeah, did they retire? Yeah. Did they retire in the last ten years? Yes. 
Okay. Um, so Booker T, maybe. Could be Booker T. Um, Who else is? Uh, did this person? Sean? Did this person ever hold the WCW World Title? No. Okay. So it's not Booker T. So Sean. Could be Sean. Um. Who else is on those gimmicks? Uh, JBL, sometimes. JBL, Flair. Oh, yeah, the WCW. Yeah, once or twice, yeah. I mean, we have to assume uh, that this it, is a man, by the way, as well. Yeah, wait, probably. Um, uh, is this person from the state of Texas? Uh, I will need to look that up. <laughs> yeah, okay. probably, probably not Shawn Michaels, then. <laughs> or JVL or Booker T. Yeah. <laughs> None of the incredibly famous Texans. Uh, well, I don't really know. Hang on. I actually forgot that Scott sent me this. If you're wondering why I'm so unprepared, I. <laughs> um, no, he's not from Texas. Also, forget I said his gender there. Oh, shit! Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, shit! Um, do they work. <laughs> Do they work in a in a, in some kind of backstage capacity for WWE? Yes. Okay, maybe like Road Dog or something. <laughs> the one time I do it, shit. Road Dog. Uh, oh God. Um, Dean Malenko. Ricky. Wait, when did he he retired more than ten years ago? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Uh, Has this person ever held the WWE tag team titles? Or what Yes. Okay, so it's from a tag champ. Okay. Retired in the last 10 years, though, I'm trying to think. Okay. It's someone who works in a backstage capacity for WWE who retired in the last 10 years and held the tag team title. I mean, that was your 10th question, so you got 11 left. Road Dog is jumping out at me. But did Road Dog retire in the last 10 years? He, he wasn't going to 2008, was he? Yeah, they rest, They were tag champions two years ago. Oh, they were. You're right. Shame. <laughs> in fact, I'm not even sure he's just. <laughs> 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 all right, he was in that uh, all-in pre-show battle royal. <laughs> Actually, no, he's that was the, the NWA other... champion for God's sake. Um, uh, oh dear. Who oh, else is WWE? So WWE producer. Sorry, I didn't. Know but who held the years. WWE tag team titles? Maybe ask it, did it like so, Road Dog was also the hardcore title or hardcore it wasn't the title. I think it was the champion. It was the IC champion as well, if I recall. Um what about um Kidman? Isn't Devon? Devon. He isn't he Ooh, one of Devon. The is yeah. Yeah. Could be Devon. Devon Dudley. Okay, so Road Dog, Devon. I don't know, anyone else? Uh, did this person ever hold a singles title in WWE? Uh, a singles title... A sing- a s- I'm going to amend that before you answer. A singles title not including the hardcore title. So US, either no. world or IC. No, no singles titles. Okay, Devon. Okay, so not Road Dog. No, I think Devon's maybe a good call. So not Road Dog. No, but, no. So not... I was thinking Jamie Noble... Uh, he he, well, no, he held the cruiserweight title. Yeah, so not Jamie Noble, Kidman. Kidman cruiserweight title as well. Yeah. Okay. Is this person black? Yes. Okay. Okay. Is this person 
a former ECW extremist. Yes. Paul, do you want to do it? Um, is it Devon Dudley? Yes. There we go. We, we did pretty well there, I think, mm, to be fair. Mm, mm, mm. Nice. Real nice. Actually, the, the, the clincher was me telling you the gender. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's that right. Was, that was really So good. right. The key. Uh, so, but, yeah. There's you know, quick. Yeah, we, we can get through these quick. We want to thank Scott. Yeah. Devon Dudley could have been a real tough one. I think Joe, to be fair... I don't think I would have come up with Devon Dudley. Remember that he was backstage. Yeah, I see. I didn't know how to answer when you're like, are they a Raw or SmackDown? I was like, I don't know what show he ages. <laughs> like, you know. Well, I, I meant on camera, which is fair. Fair enough, yeah. Um, all right, I have an email from a, a mystery person who okay. may, may or may not be Scott McAvoy. But um, he says, good evening, Paul. He backed me up here. He says, I can understand your thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp versus the first Ant-Man movie. The first movie was more of a heist slash comedy movie, which involved a superhero. Whereas the second movie is more of an action film with comedic parts thrown in. Yeah, it's more, of an, it's more of an actual superhero film, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he says, is it harder to criticize a wrestling show when you see it live in person? I ask because it seems like every time Barry goes to an OTT show, it's the best they've ever done. <laughs> That's because it's you. He usually is. No, I think, hey, I, I, I don't think I said, I didn't talk about it in depth. I'm pretty sure I didn't say Phoenix was anything special, you know. I think um, um, it's natural with a company that is, has been like steadily on the rise for maybe two years that they're going to be, you know, that a show that we go to like the, the last Sure Road show is going to be better than an early show. They've only been like in business for a year. Obviously, they grow. The show is going to be is going to be better, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to shit on on Phoenix. My point was just that you know, I, that show. It was obviously they were obviously new, and you know, they did not have you know the stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling there. You know, um, I mean, but I would I would genuinely say, especially having gone back to watch Rama on VOD, I would say that and also the June show that we saw with Walter's debut. Those are among the best shows I've seen from them. Uh, yeah, and I mean, when we when we talk about the OTT shows, there, there is stuff we criticize on it, and sometimes I feel like we're almost too harsh. But, um... Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I don't think it's harder to criticize a show when you see it live in person. Oh, uh, no, you, 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 you and Cody Rhodes have something in common as of this week. Do you see that? Uh, yeah, that's not... <laughs> yeah. You got you got your you got your time raked over the coals for that. Now now he gets his. <laughs> ah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I think is it hard to criticize showing it live in person? I mean, I think if if there's a good atmosphere, for example, that yeah, if sometimes if that doesn't translate well to video, you're obviously going to have a different perception of it. But uh, it's definitely there's definitely what people would call a live bias. I think generally speaking, if a show is at least good, you will enjoy it more if you're there live. Wrestling wrestling is intrinsically a live experience. That I mean, being said, definitely... listen listen to our review of Being the Elite when we had to sit through a, an hour-long Cody Rhodes segment. Yes. I think we, we criticised that one pretty well. Yeah. yeah. No dumb bollocks. In general, the stadium shows, I think we've, you know, we're like, look, this didn't work. This was too long. This, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I think 
naturally speaking, wrestling fans enjoy live shows more than VOD. But I think, yeah, I think, I think if, it, if something's not working, it's not working, and, and we would mention it. Scott also gives us a pick one, sure. which is where we do the filmography. Who's got the best filmography? Yeah. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. She's been around for a while. I know Sigourney Weaver is in one of our mutual little favorites, um, Cabin in the Woods. Jamie Amy. Lee Curtis. And then Charlize Theron. Hmm, that's a good one. This is actually tough. Uh, all right. So Weaver has got Cabin in the Woods. Wally. Alien. Is she Wally? Alien, yeah. Alien and Aliens, of course. Um, Ghostbusters, Avatar. Okay, about Avatar. <gasps> Remember Avatar? Uh, yes, that's okay. That's that's solid. Um, what was the second option? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Actually, I, I would say Weaver is more than solid. I'd say that's actually a really good one. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, Halloween. I'll put the cookie down. <laughs> She in that? <laughs> no. Oh wait, is she not the wife in that? Oh, no, no that's she's not in Jingle Bell. Uh, no, she's in. I've she, only watched that film. I've only watched that film ten times. She's in. She's in True Lies. Adam. She's in True Lies. Oh, so that's right. I kind of mixed up my Adam Schwarzenegger films. <laughs> True Lies is very much just the non-Christmas jingle all the way when you think yeah, about it's it. It's basically a prequel. Basically, same thing. All right, true lies. Halloween, obviously. Uh, yeah. Halloween, like one, Ooh. two, seven, and nine. <laughs> and uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah. Yep. Jamie Lee yep. Curtis. I don't think she was in. Um, I, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis at all, unfortunately. And I, I like, I like Halloween one. You know, I don't, I don't really like most of those films. I don't even particularly like Halloween, mm-hmm. to be honest. Oh, yeah, you watch it. Yeah, you like it. Yeah, Charlie's there, and of course, Mad Max Fury Road. Um. Uh, monster, monster. She was in. Uh, in which? Was she Academy Award winning from Monster? Uh, I believe she might have. Yeah. She was nominated anyway, but uh, I, think, I, think she, I think you're right. She was in um, Kubo and the Two Strings, which I was a big fan of. Prometheus. See, that's on I, need to, I need to watch that. That's on Netflix. Do I watch. watch that soon. That film was great. Um. Ugh. Um, uh, I tell you what, I, I'm leaning towards Sigourney Weaver on this one. Yeah, I think Sigourney's got the depth. Well, she was in Cabin in the Woods. That'll win it for her, I think. That's the interesting thing about this feature is that, you know, every now and then you'll get someone who's getting, you know, it's a tight race, but then someone has a cameo in a brilliant film, and you're like, well, <laughs> she's in the film, so the film's on the list, so this this wins, baby. <laughs> Uh, but no, honestly, even without that, I mean, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Alien and all this other stuff. You know, she's got a, she's got a great, she got a great um, catalog. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like, I like Charlize Theron a lot. Um, but yeah, love to you, Joe. Um, I think I'd edge it to Sigourney Weaver on the basis of Ghostbusters uh, and Cabin in the Woods and Wally as well. She was. Did it come in? Yeah, yeah, Wally, yeah. Because really, Charlie's Theron, she's got um, Mad Max and fuck all else. Shite. <laughs> Sorry, Charlize. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Sigourney Weaver for me. Okay, have you an email? I have a dream and an email. Go for it. Um, it's from Scott McAvoy. He says, Vince and the Cruiserweights. Good evening, Joe. Do you think Vince looks at the 205 Live crew like he did the midget wrestlers he used to employ? Like they're a sideshow to entertain the young people and not real wrestlers. Um, well, Scott, it's an interesting theory. I think they're probably slightly um, above uh, the midgets or the little people. Super porky known. and all them. Did the they call fellas. them midgets at the time, by the way? I realize we no, it was the junior division. Ah, minis. No, it was minis, wasn't it? Well, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not chastising you. I'm just I'm I just mean, in, in 2006, when they brought it back, I think it was called the junior oh, Yeah, see, that's the other thing. Yeah, they, for, somehow, in the mid-90s, they were more you know, uh, you know, know, sensitive and called them minis. And then like in like the early 2000s, they just said the word midget um, every six weeks when they did the midget joke. Of bringing out small Booker T or small Hardy Boys, you know. Apologies. I feel like they went to that. Well, Apologies sorry for saying. I <laughs> apologies for saying that uh, way more than we should have. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it's quite that bad, but I think it is. Basically, the bigger you are, the higher you are at the picking order with Vince. I think that's always been the case. Um, he also gives us a pick one wrestler edition. Oh. If you can only watch tag team matches uh, from any all companies um, for these three tag teams, which would it be? So we've got Beer Money, Bobby Roode and James Storm, okay. Kings of Wrestling, Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero, and Public Enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to rule out Public Enemy there, straight off the bat. Yeah... Uh, um, if ever there was a more kind of of their time act, like that's something that probably would have been cool to see live. A couple of fat lads dancing and doing moonsaults. I would oh, get yeah. over an OTG today, you know. But I, oh, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going back and watching my ECW, you know, on my network. No, um, no, no. Um, uh, I never really saw much of Castanelli and Hero on the indie circuit, so I don't know really what kind of great matches they had. They had that. If you pick that option, though, you got a lot of depth because they had they teamed like in the early two thousands. I feel like I might be wrong here. My my indie historians mm. might correct me. But then they also had kind of the more kind of renowned ROH run towards the end of Castagnoli's indie career, which was great. Like yeah. when they had the world's greatest tag team feud and, and all this other stuff. Um, I I'm actually every now and then I'll watch TNA and I'll just I'll just get this random thought in my head or anytime I see James Storm advertised for anything, I wonder how well Beer Money's stuff holds up if you go back and watch it today. Because um, they're not they're not really fondly spoken about. But to be fair, I remember at the time uh, they were they were hot shit and people liked them and they had the the Young Bucks and not the Young Bucks the uh, Motor City Machine Guns feud which was tremendous. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think this is a, I think it's actually kind of a tough one. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick. So I know Rude and Storm had some, did have some good matches, but do you gamble and, and say Castagnoli and Hero and assume that there were lots of kind of hidden gems yeah. uh, that are out there? I'm just saying there probably is. Mm. I mean, because like the, the majority of Beer Money's career is in Russo TNA. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, so I feel like, I mean, honestly, I feel like other than those Motor City Machine Gun, I don't know that I can think of too many of classic beer money matches off the top of my head, you know. That's I'd rather take chances with the, the heroes. And it was also America's Most Wanted, which wasn't James Storm. It was, yeah. um, wait, was it James Storm? It was James Storm it and Chris Harris. It was, yeah, James Storm and Chris Harris. Yeah, they they had a lot of sort of great matches early on in TNA. Yeah, not beer money. I'll go for Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, that, I think I think it's it's simultaneously a gamble, but also the same. I think I would go for beer money on that one. Weirdly, oh, their Motor City Machine Gun matches alone, I thought were all excellent. Ooh. Yeah, that's that best uh, of five was, series. Remember that one? That was a cool time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, is that? Your your mail, Joe. That's it. Uh, what do we want to do next? We want to do some wrong truth killings. Well, the listeners are leaning forward in their chair, craving their weekly quiz. So, of course, yeah. If you're new to the show, right? It's exp- I feel like we don't do this enough. I don't think we explain what we do on the show enough. What we're gonna do, Paul <laughs> is going to he's going to explain a category. Uh, for us and basically it's kind of like a true or false quiz he's going to give us a couple of, uh, of options and me and joe will privately message him well i was we... thinking we might change change up the rules this week oh, oh okay wow, I mean, just... wow, wow. because yeah. i think the private thing works in in terms of keeping the quiz legit but in terms of Not being a, an experience for the listeners i think it's probably less funny so yeah. I, well, well i'm going to test out this one week is we'll do the um, the alternate penalty kick method where okay. you each get a guess for each. Like Barry will go first on question one, and then Joe will have a guess. And then for questions two and three, Joe will go first. Then four and five, Barry will go first, and it'll alternate like that. So it's the ABBA method. A-B-B-A. Okay. So don't, don't get confused. I'll keep track of who's going first, okay? Um, the topic this week... And don't, you're not allowed to look it up, okay? The topic of the week is CSP episode titles, which are puns of wrestlers' names. Are they real or are they made up? <laughs> okay? Because we often joke on this show that we, we can never remember what we ourselves have done. So we'll really oh, put that to the test this time. We were just talking about this. This is great. So I've got, because it's, it's a fun topic, I've got ten Rather than five, okay? And they're all, as I just said, they're all CSP episode titles, which are specifically ones that are puns of wrestlers' names. And you guys have to tell me, was that really a CSP episode title or is it made up? Okay? Now, if you're going first, you might want to not say something like, oh, I remember this one, or something like that. Try and don't give it away to the other person. Yeah, yeah, good tip. Uh, So we'll have Barry (laughs) Barry go first on question one, okay? Okay, okay, here we go. Um, let me just write down here. The... I, think I, might, I think I might. This might be the one where I finally get a W, lads. I've just cursed myself by saying that. But... No chance. No we'll chance. see. Okay, hang on one sec. I did the artwork, mate. I know all these signs. Well, this is going all the way back to uh, episode one. So to give you an example, Sorry. this is not one of the ones in the quiz. But if I was to say, for example, Batty Style. Yeah. Real. Uh, that is of course I think, I think episode one is called Batiste Style. So I think so, yeah, that was that was an earlier one. Was when and Bati- to finish explaining my when I was explaining the rules earlier, we either say it is wrong, 
as in it's not true, or we say it's the truth killings. Because every quiz on this show has to have a stupid name that affects the rules somehow. Speaking of stupid puns! <laughs> the rest of this quiz, baby! Okay, number one for Barry. Now, keep in mind, some of these are not real. Some of these are made up, and your job is to... Yes, uh, I, I understand the quiz. Yes, go on. But so, some, of, some of them are are very, very um, particularly wrong, okay? So even though you might think it's right, it might not be right. Number one, Damien Sandwich. <laughs> Damien Sandowich. Oh, this is just going to be me laughing at our, is that, our jokes from two years ago. Is that the truth or is that right? Barry. Uh, uh, the truth. Okay, Joe. The truth. Both Barry and Joe say the truth on that one. Number two. Joe, you go first in this one. <laughs> Peccadillo Brown. Uh, truth. Peccadillo Brown. Joe says truth on that one. Barry? Uh, I'll say wrong. Wrong on Peccadillo Brown. Okay. Joe, number three. Dan All Bran. <laughs> um, ooh. Um, Which I, I'll I, go with. It's supposed to be Daniel Bryan. Dan All. Dan Albran. I'll go with God, truth. Truth again. I, ho- I hope it's not. Uh, I think it's the truth as well, unfortunately. Truth. Okay. Number four. Seth Creakin Rollins. <laughs> this is me again. Barry, yeah. Uh, I'll say... Um... <laughs> Um. Uh. Wrong. Wrong. Joe. Yeah, I don't remember that one, so I'm going to say wrong. Wrong. One of the killings. Okay. Number five, Barry. Wrong. B- bully gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. God, would we really put that on an episode title? Jesus Christ. Um, bully gay. <laughs> um, I will say wrong. Wrong, Joe. Uh, no, the truth killings. The oh truth no! Killings. Okay. Oh, Number six, Joe. You're up first on this one. <laughs> Job Holly. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say uh, wrong. Wrong, Barry. Job Holly. Uh, I will say the truth. The truth. Mm. Okay, Joe, you're up first. Number seven. Sin career. <laughs> um, um, the the truth killings. The truth, Barry. Yeah, I say the truth as well. The truth. Okay. Number eight. Barry, you're up first here. Denim Ambrose. Uh, wrong. Wrong. Joe? 
I'm going to go the truth. The truth. Number nine. This is again for Barry. The big boss man. It's for me again, is it? Yeah. Uh, I'll... S- I'll say the truth. Okay, Joe. I think wrong. Wrong. And finally, number 10. Appropriately, given this quiz. Ron the Tooth Fillings. <laughs> Joe. Uh, is it me? Yeah. Uh, truth. Truth. And Barry? I think truth as well. Truth. Okay. So that's our 10 spurious episode titles. We'll go through the scoring now. Number one, Damien Sandowich. Barry and Joe both said true. Uh, that was episode 121. Hey. So you're both correct on that one. Uh, number two, Pecadillo Brown. Uh, Joe said that that was true. And Barry said that that was wrong. Uh, that was episode 206 of CSP. Shit. Pecadillo Brown. Uh, number three, Dan Al Bran. Joe and Barry both said true on that one, or the truth. Uh, yep, number 89 of CSP. Yeah. Dan Al Bran. Remember that one? Kellogg's. Dan Al Bran. Because it was Classic. how Mark Henry, how Mark Henry pronounced it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daniel Bran. Daniel Bran. Uh, number four, Seth Creek and Rollins. Um, Barry and Joe both said that that was wrong. Uh, indeed, made up. Yeah. Not real. That is a good one, though. It nearly had me going. We could use that one someday, maybe. Save that yeah. one next time he gets injured. Yeah, we should use I'm that one. I was just about to say hurt again, yeah. <laughs> uh, number five, Bully Gay. Uh, Barry said that that was wrong. Joe said that it was the truth. Uh, episode 147. We also we also did Gay Wyatt, but I didn't want to have two uh, two gay puns. Uh, so four two to Joe. Number six, Job Holly. Joe said that that was wrong. Barry said the truth. I'm sure on this one. No, Joe, you're right. It was made up. Oh yes, yes, uh, yes, we, yes, yes. We did have an episode number one hundred sixty one, which was called Blob Holly, because uh, Bob Holly was all fat. But um, not a job, Holly. Funny enough. Mm. Uh, number seven, Sin Career. Both Joe and Barry said that that was the truth. And of course, that was number 183. I think when the original Sin Cara was let go. Number eight, Denim Ambrose. Barry said wrong. Joe said that that was true. That was number 212. Just the podcast. Oh, God. My um, hubris at the beginning of this has been my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, the big bus man. Number 145, Barry said that that was the truth. Joe said that that was wrong. And that was number 145. Oh. Podcast, the big bus man. I was going to change it to the big floss man, but I thought the big bus man was already... <laughs> Unmemorable enough. I did not remember ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Number one hundred forty-five. Uh, uh, and then Ron the Tooth Fillings uh, both said that that was true, and that of course number two hundred, yeah. number two hundred twenty, probably the best pun title I think we've ever had. Um, meaning that the final score <sighs> is 
uh, if I'm counting this correctly, uh, Barry with a score of five. Ugh. Joe, nine. Oh, God, you shut me out again. Yeah. Barry, only a five, I, five out of ten on our own podcast episode titles. Well, hey, I mean, I mean, from I mean six years ago. A chimpanzee, a chimpanzee blindfolded could have got five out of fucking ten. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just flinging just... shit at a yes on a no sign. <laughs> Listen. I said it. We already earlier in the show about how we don't remember things. Exactly, all right, exactly. we can make a freaking compilation out of that. You know, me, of us saying that during the course of this show. So anyway, it's not about who wins. It's about whether or not it's fun for the listeners, and it wasn't that either. So, um, <laughs> hey, yeah, <we> <laughs> no, it was good. I like it. Well done. Hmm. Um, right, I have to uh, step away for a second. Do you want to do you kick off wrestle golf with NXT talk, and I'll be right back. Yeah. Um. Uh, I watched a bit of the old NXT this week, as I often do. Oh yeah, any good? It is very good. One thing that I'm I'm more and more thinking about, and I, I don't think this is a unique viewpoint. So stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, I think that the two best wrestlers in the world—that's a big statement to make. I think the two best wrestlers in the world both wrestle on NXT at the moment. Ooh, um, do you want to guess who I'm referring to? Is it uh, Johnny Gargano? Ooh, and uh, Ricochet? No, um, two very good guesses though, which goes to show you the strength of this roster they've got going on. It's not, but it's not Ricochet, uh, Johnny Gargano. It's not Tommaso Ciampa, Oni Lorcan, Ooh. Pete Dunne. Give me a hint. Uh, they are a tag team. On NXT. Um, uh, the, um, the, the ones, you fellas, the Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. I think are probably the two best wrestlers in the world at the moment. I think Roderick Strong very might well be the best wrestler in the world. Um, I tell you, every time I see these guys, they blow me away. Every single time. Yeah. Um, they've done it with uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. They've done it with Mustache Mountain. They had a match uh, this week, which was um, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole against Pete Dunne and Ricochet. Brilliant again. These lads, uh, they're just so good. Just so good. Um, I'm I'm happily watching Roderick Strong matches on NXT every week. I'm happily watching Kyle O'Reilly matches on NXT every week. Those guys are so, so good. Um... Really, really, really. I can't. I can't put over enough how good those guys are. Um, a pleasure to watch them. And then, as you, you said, you you've got with with the undisputed era, you've got Ricochet, Pete Dunne, um, Keith Lee now, Matt Riddle on the way, Velveteen Dream, Gargano, Champa. You know, you go on and on and on. Um, EC three. Uh, <laughs> Well, not as good a wrestler, but a good. I mean, I'll, yeah, good like presence him, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, Keith Lee was on this week as well. He uh, he was wrestling Luke Menzies, a former professional rugby player, played for Ooh. the old Hull uh, rugby team, okay. according to the commentary. Yeah, uh, he was pinned with. Uh, funny because Luke Menzies is a big old boy. And Keith Lee hit him with a, a pop-up sit-down last ride powerbomb for the win, which was quite the spectacle. 
um, which I call wow. the Spirit Bomb. Um, good little match. Keith Lee's looking very good. I think he already has... Um, he already carries himself like a star, which a lot of the, the newer guys to NXT sometimes struggle to kind of get. But he already carries mm-hmm. himself, like he did on the Indies. He carries himself extremely well. Um, they're continuing the storyline of who attacked Halister Black, which I put over on the podcast a few weeks ago. So I'm interested to see how that develops. I really feel like... Oh God, I, I almost feel like I'm setting myself up to be disappointed, but I really feel like it's it's going to be like a surprise it's not going to be who you think it's going to be which sometimes they just fall into that kind of trap so i'm very interested to see where that leads um we are getting next week on nxt velveteen dream against johnny gargano so i'm really looking forward to that one because uh those guys are both great uh velveteen dream by the way is working some evolve shows uh in the next little while so that's interesting that WWE and evolve continue that little relationship because velveteen dream uh, at least during his Ricochet feud, his character was, for all intents and purposes, a... Uh, Anti-indie. Anti-indie, exactly. I'm just looking down at my Skype here. It looks like Joe's video is trying to load for some reason. Ignore that. And of all of all the indies for him to work... Evolve. Evolve. <laughs> uh, what kind of fucking dungeon are they going to be working that weekend, oh, I wonder? I can see Joe's face. What? Hello. <laughs> oh, the the magic of Skype. Can you see him, Barry? Uh, hang on, I got my I'm on my tablet and I have it closed. Uh, Let me see. We, we don't get often get to see Joe's little face. Uh, Joe Chatter's own face. Look at him. I'm not gonna. He does not. How to turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's off. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. That's good. That's what. That's great. That was. Um. So yeah, I, I've just been putting over NXT for the last ten minutes. It is brilliant. Watch it. Uh, although Aaliyah is awful. Aaliyah is. Oh. I think Aaliyah is the second worst person on the roster. Every time I see Aaliyah, right, she got a different entrance, and she got a different character. So I don't know what's going on. She, she was a heel now. She came out doing doing the old Maurice. I'm I'm better than this crowd gimmick. I'm pretty sure she was babyface last time I saw her. And yeah, she's useless. Um, I wouldn't say she's the worst because Kona Reeves is still on NXT, but she's uh, not too far ahead of him, to be honest. But NXT is so great and undisputed era. Like I was, I think I was saying when Barry was away. Uh, I mean, I know I was saying it. I, I was saying it while I think Barry was still away. Um, Roderick Strong and Kyle Riley, for me, probably the two best wrestlers in the world at the moment. So there you go. Uh, did any? By the way, um, just speaking on WWE before we uh, uh, move on, uh, I watched uh, my 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 occasional check in with Two Hundred Five Live. I watched the main event this week. Okay. Um, uh, it was Callisto. Remember Callisto? I do. Uh, versus uh, Big Match Buddy. Okay. Uh, Buddy Murphy, my brother. Uh, it was a fucking banger on the level, maybe even above some of the high-level Mustafa Ali matches that I've sung the praises of on here uh, many, many times. 
it was fucking tremendous. It really was. It got a 205 chant from the crowd. That's how good it was. Right. That they were chanting for this show that they they were sitting on their hands at the beginning of this match, as they always are. This is the hallmark of how good these cruiserweights are, is that the show is still a dead duck. Nobody's watching it. The SmackDown crowd couldn't give two shites when it starts. But more or less every week, certainly every week that I've watched it, uh, the crowd are on their feet. There was one point where they're on the apron at the side of the, of the uh, announcer's table. And they're like brawling. And Buddy Murphy just catches him and just throws Callisto off the apron face first into the announcer's table from the apron. I saw that. It was gift, spectacular yeah. looking. God, Buddy Murphy is so fucking good. He's so good. I can't believe it. Like the the guy who was like one of the two dudes who stood next to Alexa Bliss in NXT. Yeah. Um uh just just tremendous. Just tremendous. Um uh, yeah, so so I recommend going out of your way to see that. Uh, if you have a network sub, fire up 205 from this week. It's cracking. And they announced uh, Buddy is challenging for the Cruiserweight title against Cedric Alexander in Australia in that uh, stadium show they're doing in Australia. I hope that's on the main show, and I hope it gets loads of time, and I hope Buddy wins in his home country because it might be the shot in the arm the Cruiserweight division needs. Probably not. I'm not expecting it to be, you know, I, I don't expect 205 to suddenly become a hot show. But fuck. God, the the, the match quality is there. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, that, I just wanted to make mention of that before we move on because we have some, uh, some non-WWE wrestling to discuss here. Um, uh, so whom here watched some or any or all of All In? Because I watched like the decent middle chunk of it. Um, I missed the pre-show. I missed the NWA Championship, uh, which I did want to watch, but I, I, I missed it. Um, I saw the Janela match. I saw the, the Pentagon match. I saw the Flip Gordon match. Um, yeah, and I saw the first half of the Marius Girl match before I fell asleep. Um, so what have you lads seen, if anything? Nope. I didn't. I didn't watch any of it. Um, okay. I just. Thought, I just didn't have the time. To be honest, is what it, what it came down to. Not, it not, kind of just looks like a Ring of Honor card. To be honest. Um, I, don't it, I think it definitely um, has a, has a certain element of like super card to it. It's it, it did a bit. Yeah, I mean, like Janela is not in our wage, and he had a very Janela match. Uh, it was a great showcase for for um, for a lot of these people. I'm certain that if people are maybe into you know Kenny Omega and 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 Cody and and they maybe watch this show and it, it, I I would definitely believe I mean watching this and looking at the crowd first of all the crowd looked and sounded awesome the production was great it looked like a legit ten thousand I mean they, they they were sold out but it looked every bit of it ten thousand fans and just a sea of black t-shirts I mean it was like NWO sold out I mean that's that's an obvious comparison to make because this is a this is the Bullet Club show but it was genuinely like that just wall-to-wall Marty's Girl, Bullet Club, Kenny Omega shirts, the very very rare um, other shirts in there, but even so, they were still black shirts. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm confident there are people in here who maybe were vaguely familiar with who Joey Janela was, but you know, I don't think they necessarily knew him, or maybe they'd seen the occasional Pentagon match, but not necessarily a lot of them. I think this was a great introduction to some of the other top stars on the indies right now. Um... Uh, as well as your your um, uh, your your Bullet Club guys, uh, what I saw I liked, and there were certain bits that didn't quite resonate with me, but the crowd just loved it. 
Um, it was great. It was a slick production. Uh, the commentary was tremendous. My God, especially coming out, you know, a week after um, Triple Mania with all those clips of Vampiro oh, going around. We never talked about that. We never talked about that. Play the fucking music. Where's the music? God damn it. <laughs> Vampiro having a, a shit attack. Quite literally at one point, actually. It sounded like he shouted. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> like, freaking out because... He did, because he was getting called out by heels in the ring and didn't want to get up from his chair without his music. Like, fucking hell. I've never... I have buried Matt Stryker to the ends of the earth on this show, on Twitter, in reviews on various platforms. I've never felt so bad for the guy in my life trying to, trying to hold it all together while his partner was being a gigantic arse. Um, but anyway, in comparison to that, this this commentary was tremendous. I mean, I don't know if, how much impact you guys have watched lately, but uh, Don Callis, who is the executive vice president, he's also the color commentator for Impact. Uh, he was commentating here. He was great. Excalibur has been uh, commentating for PWG and been acclaimed for years. I'm sure most people uh, know he's great at this stage. And the third man was Ian Riccoboni, who I believe is like, I don't think he's even the main ROH commentator. I think Maybe he is. I haven't watched ROH consistently in a while. But he, he, he works for ROH. I've heard great things about him. I've only ever watched a handful of matches he's called. But the three of them were tremendous. They were informed. They were, they were passionate. They all know how to broadcast. Like they, were all, they, they all know how to uh, you know, uh, speak coherently. You know, they're not, they're not you know, sort of knowledgeable nerds who don't have a, a TV presence. They all, they all were great. Uh, they had personality. Callis is a, is a funny guy. Excalibur, obviously, he's he's done kind of he's spliced humor into his stuff in PWG for years. It was great, my God, it was great, and so much so much wrestling commentary, whether it's big league or indies, is is terrible. And my main takeaway from this show, I think, might be that I just want these three to call every wrestling show ever. Um, so yeah, uh, we're not we're not big being the elite fans on this show, so I don't want to. I'm not going to dissect the card. Um, like I like I watched that show and follow those angles, but I liked it from what I saw. It seemed like it was a massive success, and I honestly hope that this whole scheme wasn't just them trying to get leverage so that they can eventually go to WWE with big contracts. I I hope that they they keep doing this and they they um keep keep wrestling interesting, you know, keep the industry interesting because this was certainly a very uh, very interesting uh, 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 tie turning evening for for wrestling. So I appreciated mm. the hell out of that. Um, didn't we um, didn't we make predictions when this was announced as to whether it would actually sell out or not? I feel like we did, but I have no uh, idea we, how long ago that was. Probably did, but I can't remember. If anyone uh, if can we, remember, you know what, like, I feel like we did, and I seem to recall I, I at the very least said they oh they'll do like seven or eight thousand or some shit mm-hmm. like that, and they sold ten thousand in like a half hour, so uh, yeah. so I was wrong, but um. But it was great. You had a, a sneaky Jer- Jericho cameo in there as well. Yeah, that was very mm. interesting. Given that uh, what Jericho God, said publicly he... about only working Not for w- McMahon. Yeah. WWE. Well, especially especially because he's obviously working New Japan these days. But I think the interesting thing is that he has not worked any of their American shows. Uh, the G1 shows from San Francisco. He hasn't worked any of them. But this time, there he was. Now, he was a surprise. They didn't advertise him. Nobody nobody bought a ticket to see Jericho on U.S. soil. But he was there you know, on the, the biggest, probably the biggest night for competition in U.S. wrestling in quite a many years. And he was there, and he had a huge pop. It was great, too. So Kenny Omega and Pentagon had a tremendous match. A tremendous match. Um, I actually... 
some of the near falls got me, and that's farcical considering Kenny is the IWGP heavyweight champion, and uh, Pentagon is a guy on Impact. Um, <laughs> but, Wait, uh, he was an uh, Impact champion. No, How dare you? Oh, wasn't uh, he the Impact champion? He, he was for like a week. Oh, okay. uh, but anyway, uh, they had a great match, and then the uh, 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 I, did they did they turn the lights out? Or, yeah, I yeah, think they turned the lights, the lights went out. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. lights, the lights went out, and they came back up, and uh, Pentagon hits Kenny with a code breaker, and uh, the commentators are noticing his tattoos are slightly different, and of course he takes off the mask, and there's Jericho. And it was a great segment, except for the end, where he picks up the microphone, and he says... See you on the Jericho cruise. Ugh. Because apparently, I, 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 again, I don't follow Ring of Honor or New Japan. Yeah, enough it's like this. him and the Bucks against Omega. And, I, and, I, I didn't realize they were doing any kind of a mega Jericho thing on the cruise. That cruise, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, all these guys are extremely popular. I'm sure that cruise probably made loads of money, but fucking hell, it was weird. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, it was uh, all in. Seemed like it was really cool, and uh, yeah. So uh, what else we got here on the non WWE side? Uh, World of Sport are going on tour. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily anything I would be. Um, I think it's interesting that they're touring it. Yeah, because it, it, when you watch it, it really doesn't seem like a kind of. It really does seem like, we've talked about this a lot, but it does seem like they've hedged their bets between actual wrestling show and ITV, Saturday Night TV. Because it's edited in such a way that's like, how, like a regular wrestling fan can barely watch this. Because it's like, the matches are so disjointed that you're not really getting a sense of, of the match. So I don't know that this is necessarily, I don't know if that makes me more or less inclined to see it live. Uh, in the sense that seeing it live, you don't have to deal with shitty editing. Mm-hmm. But also, they don't. When you're watching the show, it's it's not giving you the impression that this is wrestling you'd want to see live either. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Joe, you're you're based in England. I mean, would you have any interest at all in seeing it? Going to this? If it was, let's say, um, I'd have to see who was going to be on the card. Maybe if there was an Osprey or someone like that. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a go. You know, they've got a few talented people on there. So not entirely, but yeah, it depends on where and when and, and who the roster was. Sure. I assume uh, it'd be actually more enjoyable than the TV show. Cause it, uh, I mean, it's long, a, it's, long this, uh, this is a 2019. It was uh, January and February. They announced dates. Uh, one of them is York Hall, which is interesting. That is the okay. Pro venue so so yeah i mean uh it's interesting because the ratings obviously were pretty bad for the first two or three weeks they have steadily been climbing like very very smallly like incrementally but they have been going up which is a good sign and then the announcement of these dates makes me okay maybe they're you know they're 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 gonna stick with it see how it goes shaky start but let's see if they uh uh you know let's see Mm. if they can maybe uh get some momentum so we'll see uh Obviously, the, the, the British scene is still very much very much booming, so um, I, I don't see WWE or ITV leaving it just yet. Uh, so, yeah. And I suppose finally on the, on the indie front, uh, Paul, we yeah. only, we've only been talking about it about a month, but yeah. we got the <clears throat> OTT Fan Appreciation Night announcement. Yeah. I think this show has three names. 
uh, it's Fan Appreciation Night. It's This Is OTT, and it's OTT versus the world. Whatever. The poster says this is OTT. Um, did you watch the video they put out explaining the whole situation? Very, very odd video, I thought. Yeah. I... Previously, like, like when they when they had to switch up, like, uh, the homecoming cards, because, you know, and, and all this other stuff. They got McAnally to do it. They get McAnally on to you know because he's a he's a you know he's an orator and he's a you know he he he, he seems like a professional kind of TV announcer yeah. and they have him and they have some graphics. This was this was Joe Cabray talking to I guess his like webcam. Yeah. Like it did not even it was it wasn't even like he was in the studio. It was like no he was at home. Uh, and to be fair to him, he he spoke for a few minutes. But here's why this took. He spoke forever. very candidly about the situation. He spoke very candidly, and I think I think it reflected the the stress of organizing this particular event, but also as we've talked about on this show, you know, the, the difficult times OTT is facing currently with their venue situation. Um, uh, he talked about uh, the, the Tivoli being demolished. He talked about how, uh, the, you know, he said Fight Club Pro approached them about doing this because obviously Fight Club, as we as we discussed on this show last week, they are, they're doing the Friday and Saturday uh, with these big import stars. And uh, as, as they tend to do, Fight Club and OTT have done a lot of business together. They approached OTT and Joe was all about it. And then he said, but we then hit our snafu with our venue. He said that there's a Dublin theater fest in town that weekend, which which hindered their ability to, to book certain venues. And then he said, it's funny, in, in, in a roundabout way, he said all this to reveal that they are going back to the Tivoli once again. And I think I think we've we've joked about this. The the you know the Tivoli has retired more times than Terry Funk at this stage. Um, <laughs> after that, after that video, the great video package in July, like sending off the venue. Uh, we've got this show in September, and then we are also and then there's also Defiant in October. Uh, so there are at least two more shows uh, in that venue this year. And I'll tell you what, Paul, because I because I don't see them doing the national stadium in October and then also in October in December. Yeah. I would be surprised if November or December is a, te- is a Tivoli show as well. If they, if they can get it. Um, I would uh, say if they're not doing stadium, I think December probably will be sure road again. I think sure road will be there kind of between stadiums, stadium show. For yeah. All and purposes here. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, he said all this, and you know, I you know, cut up some slack. I it, it was pretty obvious, like the, based on how long it was taking, that they were having issues. Um, uh, and so anyway, he said all this, and then he finally revealed the the lineup. First of all, uh, free pizza. Hello. That was the first thing he announced. Well, I love it. He didn't even announce talent. He said first thing, free pizza, and I'm like, hell yeah, Joker Bray, you you know how to get me in the door. Um, uh, free Q and A before the show. I don't know if that's literally right before it starts or, or how that's going to work. Well, they did a Q and A at the first Sure, sure Road show that I, that I went to, and it was only for the the VIP, VIP essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would imagine this one because they said it's free. I'd imagine it's anyone with any ticket of any capacity. Yeah. Uh, and he also, again, again, the video was interesting. I would re- if you are if you do like OTC, I would recommend watching it because he also said that you know cost is an issue because they want to get all this talent over, but it was fan appreciation. Like they didn't want it to be expensive and bloody bloody blah. So the, the pizza folks are also listed as sponsoring the event. I don't know if that means there's a financial contribution or what, but they also put out a discount code. Which, by the way, Paul, if you are interested in going to this, um, you can apply that now on Eventbrite. Like you can apply it, and then when the tickets go on sale Friday, it'll still be applied. Oh. Um, 
what are we looking at then so in we, terms of prices then? It's, it looks like the usual um, prices. Um, so I actually I'll fire up Eventbrite here. Right. Actually, I think it's a little bit cheaper than usual because again, it's the you know it's a Tivoli. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, Eventbrite is not the fastest app these days. Okay, here we go. Uh, so with the discount applied. Uh, uh, it is two, oh sorry pre-discount it's 33 euro for a seat uh, 20 euro for general admission and I will enter the code here again uh, I think it's 20% they said which is not which is not insignificant uh, yes yeah 20% so a stayed seat is uh, 26 euro a floor seat 26 and then a general admission ticket is just 16 euro which is not bad um uh for the show so yeah the big announcement was that they they've got a lot of dragon or they've got two dragon gate stars and they've got uh mako setamora the uh joshi legend the may young classic two competitor um uh so the card is uh jordan devlin and uh, Sean Guinness versus T-Hawk and Shima, the legendary Shima um, someone I've seen quite a few times on DVD, very excited to see him live um, Mako Setamora and the Rascals versus More Than Hype which is a, a ridiculous match a, a, a preposterously bizarre match but a cool match nonetheless um, uh, the Wards Luther Warden Powered versus Paul Tracy and Charlie Sterling um, that's a bit of a wacky one uh, and the Kings of the North versus Team White Wolf, which I'm all about. I think that's going to be great. I think that's probably the one match that I would go out my way to see. Yeah, especially because the Kings is going back heel now. Like that's a perfect, that's a perfect uh, uh, balance. Yeah. Um, so, what did you make of this? I saw a lot of people very excited about it. I saw some people a little disappointed. I think, I think some of the disappointment, I think people, it kind of stems from the sheer buildup. Um, I think so. Yeah. I, 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 I think because it was borderline a month waiting for it that people anticipated it was going to be. I was thinking Pentagon. I, I think a lot of other people were thinking somewhat of that level. Um, and I can understand maybe a little bit of frustration that that, that, that it wasn't that. But uh, I like the effect of the And, uh, you know, I like those prices cheaper than, than yeah. the short road show. And I do like, I mean, seeing, seeing you know, someone like Shima, who has been around the block and, and I don't know how many years he has left. Uh, and seeing him in the Tivoli again, like it's, it's just not the same seeing someone like that in the stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would say I can understand some mild disappointment with it. If it was just a list of names, I probably would have looked and gone, "Ah, that's maybe a bit disappointing." But like, like the more than hype match is just so wacky and weird and uniquely OTT. Likewise, the 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 Devlin tag match. I'm like, I actually fucking really like really like this card. Yeah. Um, so I am in full-on internal debate mode about the uh, going to this or going to Wembley. I've not yet made a call. Uh, what are you? What, what What are your takes on it? What are you thinking about it? Are you going to go to it? Um, I'm not going to go to it. Okay. Um, I I think primarily primarily because it's on a Sunday night. Yes. Which yeah. just doesn't work for me. You know, I need public transport to get home after it, and I work the next day. So. First and foremost, it was going to have to be something blow away good for me to to go. I that that being said, I appreciate what they're doing with the reduced price tickets, and there are some people on the show that I would very much like to go see. But 
as as you were saying, it would nearly need to be someone of a of a Pentagon level, or no, you know, even people that are maybe more from. I'm not so familiar with T Hawk and and Seema and all those, but um, like an Aerostar, a Drago, something like that. You know, that, oh, I actually like to see them. I'm quite familiar with the, with their their work. Um, I thought the video was very odd. As I said, I mean, I I, I can understand where they're coming from where they felt like they had to explain after the weeks and weeks and weeks of of delay but it did seem very odd for him to talk for four minutes and then go oh and here's the card and then four stills over the course of about 20 seconds of match. yeah um it almost seems like you should like it wasn't a promotional video essentially and i feel like they haven't let left themselves a lot of time to promote the card and kind of get it over um It'll probably be great. The people who go will probably have a really great time. Um, but I, I, I can't justify it, you know? And anyway, the other thing is then that there's a stadium show less than two weeks after. And I kind of don't want to not burn myself out, but I want to go into the stadium show fresh and kind of really enjoy that, you know? So uh, I'm going to give it a miss, but um, I'll watch it on VOD and I'm sure it'll be a really good show. Yeah, so one of my friends who I'm actually planning to travel to Wembley with, me and him are kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, because he's he's more disappointed than I am. I'm I'm kind of. I would go. Like to, I would go to Wembley to be honest. If it was me. Yeah, I mean the Wembley card. I'm not big on it. It has come together in a decent way. Walter versus Tyler Bate um, is the title well, match. That, that alone would make Ooh. up my mind for it. To be honest. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty strong match. Uh, Pete Dunne versus Ilya Dragunov, which is the match we bought tickets to go see. Because we're like, Ilya's a big WXW guy. We were there for his return this year. It was one of my favorite moments at wrestling ever. Pete Dunne's incredible. Like, like those two top two matches are great. Everything else, progress books, I have no interest in whatsoever. I, I, I'm... I they, I feel like they are so creatively bankrupt lately in, in what I've seen that, that, that it's actively turned me off. Um, to the point, I mean, I don't subscribe or watch them anymore, but I keep up with the results, and I just, I read everything, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to watch this. They lost their, you know, they've lost their music rights. They they all come out to horrible stock music now because they've gotten so big that they can't fucking use their licensed songs. You, you know what I mean? It's like it's like it's it, it to me, it's a two match um, card, and for that two match card, like, do I want to go to London and spend two hundred quid for accommodation for weekends? Because we might do, uh, or that we might, if we go, we are doing uh, Eve on the Saturday. Uh, you know, tickets to the two shows, the cost of you know eating and drinking in London for two nights. I'm like, for those two, admittedly great matches on paper. Do I do I want to travel and spend all that money? Or oh, and also there's the fact that, like I said, I'm not into progress at the moment. I think they've I think they've squandered a lot. I think they've all the potential in the world with a great roster, but they don't they don't really hit home runs the way OTT do. Do you know what I mean? Like OTT is I also I feel like even if it's less spectacular on paper, I feel like that show is the safer ticket. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I I don't think I'll go to OTT or I or rather you know I think the chances of me going to Progress and then hearing from my friends oh you know OTT shat the bed the show was bad tonight like I would put the chances of that at like five. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's like, the Tivoli as well. There's only so many Tivoli shows left. It's a Tivoli. Well, and that doesn't even bother me because I've kind of made my peace with it. And I've, I've seen a lot of great shows there. Like, like that's fine. But it's like, they just don't really, even like we, we criticize them here and there, but they don't, they don't really fuck up on that grand scale. Whereas I, like, I, I was just chatting about it again with my mate who I'm traveling with and I'm just like, oh, like, 
I can absolutely see progress just killing that Pete Dunn match with you know run-ins and overbooking and and you know and it's like you know you know what I mean? It's like I just, I have I have reservations that the execution on the matches that I even care about will be good. But anyway, uh, I'm saying all this to say I haven't made up my mind yet. Um, well, um, tweet tweet Barry at the Barry lad. Is that it? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you have any interest, if you have any interest at all in indie wrestling, if you want to look at these two cards, and also factor in, you know, obviously that the OTT one obviously is closer to me, and it's significantly less financially uh, burdening. <laughs> let, let me know what you think. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 that put to bed uh, uh, for now, and obviously we'll report back on that show uh, soon. I have a little uh, story you know, as well, by the way. I mentioned to Joan Barry off the air. That I was I was having some issues ordering a T-shirt off uh, a well I, I won't say but a, a well-known UK and Ireland-based wrestler. Okay. Um, good news. I did hear back, and the shirt is on the way. It hasn't arrived yet, but um, I just wanted to make mention of the fact that. Um, wrestlers uh need to i would say need to be aware of um kind of taking care of the business side of stuff i'm not i'm not criticizing this person right because they were in fact when i got onto them they're very very nice to deal with and and under you know they're very apologetic for the situation which is fine and they did get back in touch with me again like i, I didn't specifically want to mention this on the air last week because i didn't want yeah. to make a, a witch on top of it but um at the same time, before I got replied to, I did have a feeling of, you know, you go out of your way to support indie wrestling. You buy a t-shirt off somebody online and you almost feel kind of burned by it. It almost makes you say, well, I'm just not going to you know, buy t-shirts anymore then because it's, it's hassle, you know. So happily, this story anyway is, is looking like it's going to have a happy ending. Um. I'm gonna have to buy some more shirts now to hide the identity of the person. <laughs> oh, I see you in your um, see your your bone saw shirt there, Paul. I wonder. Who... <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it looks like they have have a happy ending. So uh, yeah. it was just a li- a little a little story that was happening behind the scenes there that I was I was having a little bit of difficulty. I, I called it uh, off the air last week. Uh, another Sammy Callahan um, yeah, situation yeah, yeah. where I was. I... This is why I like having OTT now in our in our lives because obviously obviously not everyone comes there, but I'm like I'll just buy a shirt that looks nice if I see it there because even though they weren't as bad as the Callahan uh, situations, uh, like the Young Bucks, Kevin Steed, and someone else, I think I've had like delivery issues with almost every indie shirt I've ordered via the mail. Yeah. Um, now Kevin Steed, like like. Uh, like he, it got returned to sender, and he like reached out to me and apologized. He's like, "Are you so and so?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, uh, "I'm so sorry. Something went wrong with the post." And like, fixed it straight away. The young bucks, uh, I, it was just a case of they. It was a kind of a cheap delivery, and it was taking forever. And they replied straight away when I asked. So that, so that's fine. But like, I've just had nothing but like inconvenient, sort of bothersome experiences with ordering uh, wrestling shorts online. So now I'm just like. Get books near me, and I'll buy it off you. Well, that, that that was my thing as well. Like I've bought Angel Cruz's shirt there, Mary Scurll shirt, at, like at OTT shows, and a, and an OTT shirt because I just wanted to support the company. You know, I, I have an, an OTT shirt and a keyring. 
But uh, this was one that I, I just happened to be browsing online, and I said, mm. "Oh, yeah, I quite like that." And I, 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 I think I was on. I, was, I think I was on this person's Twitter account, and they had, they had a link in their bio. I was like, "Okay," and um, bought the shirt, and then I just didn't hear back for like weeks and weeks and weeks. But then, you know, I understand the road is a, a busy life, you know. Um, I, like I wasn't trying to be forceful about it. I didn't want to make like, make a big deal of it. And as I said, there, the the communication I got from them was they were very uh, apologetic and very 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 nice to deal with, like overly nice, that more than I would expect. Um, so shout out to that person. If you're listening, you probably aren't, but I appreciate uh, the email. And also, I had a similar situation with um, I don't know if I told this on the podcast before uh, with Nigel McGuinness like years ago. Um, oh yeah! I bought a I bought his DVD, his documentary, and um, there was similar issues. Like you say, anytime you try to deal with an indie person, there's delivery problems. But he was on to me like right away, like saying, uh, "I I can find the email." Like I I was down trying to post your thing, and there was some customs issue or something. They they want they want he was asking me like they want your middle name and your date of birth or some reason. And I was like, here it is. And he's like, all right, I'll get that off to you now. No worries. Just let me know when you've seen it, if you liked it. And then I, I watched and I told him, yeah, it was really good. And he got back to me. And yeah, really, really nice deal with him as well. He was very, very easy to deal with. So um, I haven't had a Sammy Callahan style. Sorry to drag the name of Sammy Callahan through the dirt, by the way. But um, I've had... Well, no... I'm pretty sure that, that, that's done on a regular basis outside of the context of me and this show. <laughs> People do that all the time. So feel free to do it. But, you know? um, and yeah. for the record, for the record, he's the only one who I ever felt like legitimately scammed me. Like I said, I had like minor issues, but like Steve, the box, they were they went out of their way to make sure they were yeah. in communication with me, and, it, and that speaks to their level of success as well. Yeah, you know, uh, customer focus. But anyway, no. But this this, this looks like I'm going to have had two two experiences that overall I, I would say, although there was little difficulties, that they 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 were good. You know good experiences so thumbs thumbs up to you joe cabray uh anyway that all we have for this week i think Braun Strowman turned heel again by the way in a, a weird decision but um yeah i mean who gives a shite about <laughs> raw I mean, like let's just be real um <laughs> They also started building that Triple H Undertaker match, which is a month and a half away. At the WWE Summer Super Slam, whatever it's called. Also, just take WrestleMania 28 off the network, because it wasn't the end of an era, and it wasn't once in a lifetime. So just get that off there, and stop lying to the people. Anyway. Oh, WrestleMania. Remember that. Oh, remember WrestleMania 28. Oh, simpler times. Um. Back with CM Punk still around. Anyway, oh, see those him. pictures of him at, the, at the, the meet and greet, by the way? Yeah. Uh, he looked about 60. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He's looking a bit he's looking a bit Popeye these days. <laughs> yes! Oh, fucking Christ. Yeah, good, 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 good. Anyway. Uh, so that's a bit of a lot, bit of a long one this week. You earned it. You deserve it. You deserve it. I, you know, it's like the, you know, we we got the fan lineup, folks. So you know, we had to, we had to, you know, we had to talk about it. Well, anyway. we, and also we had that one Mary Scurll match in the middle, so you have to bear. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so we will be back 
later this oh, week. With our- sorry, Sunday we won't be back. Oh, sorry, that's we will uh, not S- Sunday. Back. Sunday is my birthday, so I probably won't be. Oh. Although you know what, I could probably put Spider Man down for five minutes and do a podcast. We'll uh, see. No. We'll see. Go your thirtieth birthday doing this show. Jesus send, Christ! Send me birthday wishes and money. Yeah, Paul Griffin CSP is his Venmo. Uh, At Paul Griffin CSP is what? Do you not know Venmo is like a money sending app? Venmo is that Eminem song. Oh, God! All right, we'll be back on, uh, sometime in the next week, you know, or Monday or whatever. At Paul Griffin to, CSP, to... at the Barry Lad, at Griff Talon, at Chairshot Pod, ChairshotPodcast.com. Oh, yeah, we'll be back next week talking. We'll talk about Spider Man. We'll be talking. I, I guess I'll have a Phoenix from Limerick report um, uh, and all the other good stuff. I might, I'll probably finish this enchantment and all this other stuff. Anyway. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Oh, also Black 47's up next week. Let's see that. We'll report back on that as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. Send Paul your birthday wishes at Paul Griffin CSP. It's goodbye from that birthday boy over there pressing the buttons. Beep, boop, boop. Oh, oh, boop. From Mr. Joe Tarter. Goodbye. <laughs>